What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode 169. Nice. And uh, today we are going to be starting off this, the freaking podcast a little differently because we're going to go into a comic book we've been waiting to talk about for a month now. We're going to be talking about Batman 130. <laughs> but if you are somebody that does not listen to the comic reviews, we will have timestamps on the YouTube I don't know how long this is going to go for, so I can't really tell you jump ahead X amount. But for the other things we will be talking about on the podcast is we do have a lot of James Gunn uh, news, of course, talking about DC Studios, how he has been overseeing the movies that are going to be coming out already, like Aquaman, Flash, and stuff like that. So that's pretty interesting. He has kind of let it be known about some things he likes or doesn't like, and so we probably won't see those things in the DCE DCU. And we also have him talking to the freaking Batgirl directors. So There's a lot of James Gunn news that we're going to be covering. Also, new Batman movie that's going to be coming out and some Flash news. So stick around for that. And then, of course, we'll do viewer questions and the other comics that we have for this week. But this week, Clay, we are talking about, finally, Batman 130. This is a book that I texted you saying, dude, read 130 because I cannot stop laughing. I did not believe you. Of course, there there is no hiding the fact that we have not liked this run of Batman. Yeah. There is no hiding that you especially mm -hmm. have hated Chip Zdarsky on Batman almost as much as Tynan. If not, yeah, more. yeah. The thing is, I think the difference is was Tynan made Batman a fifth wheel. Like Batman never felt like the main character in his book, whereas Zdarsky is just doing stupid shit with Batman, in my opinion, and yeah. repeating stories. That's the one thing I will say with Tynan. At least he tried to do something different, even though I didn't like it. I didn't think it was good. He wasn't doing a repeat story. He brought in a whole bunch of characters that I didn't like. But at least he was trying something different. Now, we've learned that it seems like he was just doing things week to week because he didn't have a contract or whatever um, yeah. from what we've what we've heard reports. Um, but Zadarsky knows he's going to be in this for the long run. And it just seems like he's trying to breed Grant Morris, you know, the wish Grant Morris uh, Morrison. So it's just like, bro, well, I don't know. He just keeps repeating a bunch of storylines, which, as we're going to talk about this uh, freaking comic book issue is more of the same, in my opinion. But again, I texted Clay that I, I could am re looking not, at these yeah, pages right now. <laughs> I could not stop laughing at what happened in this book. So we know in Batman 129 that Batman was left to die out in space. Now, I called it out in 129. I call bullshit that the bat suit, the normal everyday bat suit, especially a bat suit that Aquaman had on hand, is able to be, I can believe, fire resistant and bulletproof. I could believe that because that's just like weaving and stuff like that. I could believe that totally fine. But it can also survive the coldness, the extreme coldness of space. All right, a little bit of stretching, but also has an oxygen tank on it somehow that provides oxygen with an oxygen mask that perfectly goes on the cowl. When did he put that on? I don't think they showed that in every panel. And I'm just like, okay, okay, yeah, I don't I don't believe that. And it doesn't help that we we had just read around that time 
Wonder Woman 793 that had Batman go to space because they were in the watchtower and he had so, a, like a mechanical so I, suit. I'm looking at the very uh, beginning pages. So mm-hmm. what ends up happening, the mask comes down and protects him from dying in space. Mm-hmm. But the problem becomes, okay, well then you're breathing carbon dioxide, right? So it looks like he actually finds a... I know he uh, finds a, uh, an extra thing of oxygen, which yeah. makes it worse because he's able to plug that oxygen into his mask somehow. Into yeah. the mask. And if you look on the previous issues, because I went back to look, there's no like tube or anything on that mask. So it just magically connects. Yeah. Here's another problem with it is if that mask comes down, Clay, where does it come down from? Because his eyes are right there. And that means it would be bigger his mouth is bigger than his eye area, so it would have to come down. See, so this is sides. this is the very awkward conversation that we're going to be having today because we can't have it both ways. I yes, thought about I this a lot. We we can't have it both ways in the sense of like we were complaining that Tynan was trying to be too realistic mm-hmm. with uh, trying to calculate the angular. Uh, projection of his grappling hook so yes. that way he wouldn't rip his arm off and all that. some of that is cool and we've said if done correctly it can be cool in the same way people go oh well it's comics it's fine you need to have the literal perfect balance when it comes to Batman yes because the whole point of Batman is that he is a human who is Doing superhero things. Doing superhero things, but it's stronger than the average human because he's trained his body. He's to... supposed to be peak human existence is what he's exactly. supposed to be. Peak human existence. But again, peak human yes. existence. So the fact that he is vulnerable also makes things interesting. Yes. This, I could almost believe Chip would have been like, oh, well, if he didn't have the oxygen mask, he didn't have the the uh the trunks small spoiler into that conversation mm-hmm. uh and if he would have just landed on earth he would have been fine like yeah. i feel like there is a a other multiverse earth that chip had that conversation and it was like oh, i don't need to do all this explanation to see if yeah. batman can survive which is absolutely insane to think about mm-hmm. but i i think that when it comes to the mask, I can genuinely say, okay, the mask coming out of like maybe all four sides of mm-hmm. the mouth guard or his mouthpiece, like maybe up where like the the upper lip is, the cheeks and yeah. the lower lip, if it like connected like that, totally I could totally believe it. It's fine. I'm okay with that. Now, it does become problematic when it comes to the idea of like connecting the tube. Yeah, I think it would have been even more of like a dire situation if he only had the oxygen to like propel himself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And while, you know, putting it on, okay, whatever, he's a human, he needs oxygen. People are going to defend that, you know, until they're blue in the face mm-hmm. as far as like why Chip needed to do it and how it made sense. Everything else, though, you cannot defend. 
So I have no problem with the oxygen mask. That's I'm just pointing out that, like, I just thought it was kind of ridiculous, but I have no problem with it. I could let that go. It doesn't bother me. I could have been like, oh, yeah, off panel, he just got a mask out of his his belt, you know? and put it on and it, it can it automatically connects to the cow somehow because i could believe that i could suspend disbelief for it but the problem is i have no i have no problem with comic booky stuff my problem is and i talked i had so many fucking discussions on twitter with people about this shit um <laughs> you as a writer your main goal is to make the story believable it doesn't matter if you have orcs and dragons and all of this shit at the end of the day, your job is to make me believe. Game of Thrones made people believe for seven fucking seasons that there were people that were dead that can walk and they were called White Walkers, that there was fucking magic at times, and that fucking dragons flew through the sky. People believe that shit. In season eight, possible spoilers here, there is one moment where a guy runs because they're all about to die runs like across america essentially to get to the kingdom to get help he does it in one episode he runs that far <laughs> and people were like bullshit this season fucking sucks because it's so ridiculous and that's what happened here and chip yeah. tried to explain it he tried he he gave you the math he brought what is that guy's Dyson, Neil deGrasse Tyson, he brought him into the fucking book. He explained <laughs> space. Like, he fucking did this. It was too much. Yeah. It was too many things because this is the sequence of events. Batman is flying through space and he's like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get back to uh, to Earth. So there's all the planes are destroyed because Failsafe destroyed them. Oh, look, there's oxygen on the planes. I can connect that to get more oxygen. I'm like, okay, smart move. I would see Batman do that. He's like, oh, the next thing I can do, I can rip the booster off of this plane. And I'm like, okay, I don't think that's how planes work necessarily. I don't think you can just rip an engine off and the engine works by itself with a whole bunch of other components, but whatever. Then he rips this thing off with, they don't show him using any tools. Like, I think he just rips it off with strength. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, I can imagine that he used tools off panel, whatever. Uh, then this booster just so happens to have a button that he can use to manually boost himself. And I'm like, okay, okay, I guess there might be a button to manually boost something. I don't think that's how things work, but okay, whatever. I thought it was smart that he was using the gas from his uh, grappling gun, though, to kind of like, you know, pace himself in the right direction. Yeah, it, that was bad. That me. was, that like was that. very interesting, yeah. Yes. So he's doing all these things. We get the math that he, okay, he's on the moon. He's on the fucking moon. And in realistic terms, ladies and gentlemen, it takes three days to get to the moon. From natural IRL humans, it takes three days to get to the moon. So Batman's on the moon. He uses this booster. He has 12 hours of oxygen. They show this. So you would think that doesn't work out. But according to the math in the book, Earth is like 240,000 miles from the moon or some bullshit. So, or maybe it's million miles. I don't know how long it is. But the booster can get there in six hours. That's how fast these planes are. Now, comic book accuracy, if we're doing that, Batman does apparently have a plane that's as fast as a flash or almost as fast as the flash. I don't think the flash is fast in space though. He needs to be on the ground if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know how that works when space comes into play. Um, 
But anyways, there are super fast planes in the DC universe. Fine, whatever. So he starts using this booster and he's like, I got to do it at, at the proper times because I can't do the G-force. Pretty sure if he can survive a flash plane, he should be able to survive this just fine. Just saying. The flash is going like at the speed of light, which I'm pretty sure is faster than what they're going here. Whatever. Gonna let it go. I'm trying here. Trying to enjoy the book. He's using it. He has to like, somehow he's like, I got to do it in spurts or I'll go unconscious. Then he starts, he gets into Earth's orbit. And apparently he blacks out, according to the book. He blacks out yeah. for a little bit, and he's like, oh, no, we're free-falling. And so his oxygen tank explodes. I'm not going to lie to you, Clay. I didn't know this next part until you pointed it out to me because I was just laughing so much. So I'm, I'm, like, laughing reading this fucking book. Clay starts reading it, and he mentions in something. He's like, I can't believe he said, uh, oh, man, I told Clark trunks were a good idea. And I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? So I went back and I looked at this book. Batman is falling and he's like, my heat can take the suit because uh, there was a big explosion. And then he's all like, but the mask can't. Meaning he's not going to have oxygen on his free fall. So he's probably going to die because apparently if you have a, I don't know, the science behind a free fall is you usually black out. Like if you were to fall from the moon to earth and you didn't have sufficient like suit or anything, you would black out. I even think if you had a space suit, you would black out according to science. I could be wrong there. If you're a science person that listens to this, correct me. I asked this on Twitter and nobody hit me up. So go for it. You have something? So the main reason why he is putting on his trunks. Yeah. So he says right here, suit can't take the, the suit can take the heat, but the oxygen mask can't. So he, so it breaks off. Yeah. He says, I told Clark or he laughs. He says, huh? I told Clark trunks are a good idea. He wraps them around his face because he's trying to protect his mouth and his face from the re-entry from Earth. Yes. He is literally on fire at this point. Yeah. I I I I can't Juice. No. I, I I don't how? Why? I I you want to know I think the thought process that that, that uh chip had here, because I was like this is fucking stupid. Like, you you don't make Batman wear his underwear on his face. Like, that's something a bully does to a fucking, a kid he's picking on. Like, you just don't do that. This is what, I, I'm pretty sure this is what Chip did. Because everybody's asked, why do they wear underwear on their outside? That's so stupid. Like, everybody's always said that to, since the end of time, right? It, it's as yeah. old as, why does, you can't tell freaking Clark Superman with his glasses on? You know what I mean? It's, it's as old as that. He wanted to make the underwear a utility. He wanted it to have purpose. And so that's what he was doing here. And if he says anything otherwise, then why the fuck did you do it? There are just certain things you don't do with characters. You're never well, no, supposed to make your character that, look silly. The only fucking reason why these characters have, quote unquote, underwear on the outside is because they were supposed to be replicating the strong man mm -hmm. of the 1930s. Yeah. Like that is it. And those the look stuck. That is honestly it. The fact that you're wanting to because I did see in one of your conversations on Twitter, there is one person that was like, Oh, well, I actually really like the MacGyver of it all. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How he had to really just pick everything out and survive. Yes, some of that can be great, but like 
Batman is falling to his death right now, and he's all like, ha, 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 I told Clark, ha, ha. yeah, I told him, you know, I was right, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It's just like it it takes you out of the fucking book. Yes, yes. He, you know, Chip Zdarsky will now be known as the guy that made Batman an underwear sniffer. So that is his new thing. Look, you just don't do certain things with Batman. Kevin Smith, and people have talked shit about Kevin Smith for this. Kevin Smith made Batman pee himself during year one is one thing that he did. And everybody always gives him shit. And like Kevin Smith tries to like be realistic about it. He's like, dude, in reality, like firefighters actually go into burning houses and they do that too. And I'm like, it's a fucking comic book, Kevin Smith. Like, you don't need to, he's not human like a firefighter. And people are gonna be like, oh, you just said that he could do any, it still needs to be believable. It doesn't need to be that believable. Like I said, it needs to be the perfect balance. Yes, exactly. There there needs to be stakes, but there also needs to be these moments of like, oh, that was badass. Batman falling from the moon with actually nothing to help him actually survive. Yeah. That is not. Like you have jumped the shark. Yes, is is, is the phrasing that I had used when uh, when we first read this a month ago. So it's not even over. So Batman sniffing his underwear as he's falling to the sky to the freaking earth, and he goes and and again, I I know where Chip was trying to come from. He was trying to be like, this is how calculated Batman can be, and it, it this is how much of a badass he is. I just think it was too it was too many things all at once, and this is the perfect summary of chips run so far he does too much and there's no story in my opinion he's telling you there's a story but it's just been a big ass chase scene and there's no substance in my opinion batman's falling to the thing he's trying to use his cape to actually like land or whatever and he does it all right all right he he lands and he slams into the ground he doesn't like glide and just roll think of an asteroid hitting earth Yes. That's what Batman did. Slams into the ground. And he just so he was able to get himself to the Fortress of Solitude, which I think is insane. He was able to predict that properly. Whatever. Comic bookies. I'll let it go. But he slams into the ground. And then he gets up like nothing just happened. No broken bones. Nothing. And that is a big issue for me. I can believe Batman can fall from the moon. But I can't believe that he wouldn't be uninjured. Batman has been has had broken ribs, fractured skulls, like he has had major injuries patrolling yeah. Gotham. Yeah. And you're telling me falling from the moon is a fucking cakewalk? Yeah. That's my problem. And that's what I was telling cuz some people were trying to like get into the fucking halo jumping and doing all that trying to bring in all this science to say, say that I'm wrong. It's and I'm not like, halo. Yeah, it's the moon. <laughs> he wouldn't have it, 3 days, he had 12 hours of oxygen like you had to dis- you had to suspend so much disbelief for this that it just took me out of the book. And here's the problem. I have mentioned the best things about Batman or when he's able to do something or his friends come in when he needs the help. We talked about it the most. One of one of my favorite scenes, I don't know if it's with Clay, is when Batman destroys some stuff and he's free falling from the sky and he's just all chill and he's all like, uh, Batman to Justice League, I need help because I'm falling and I cannot fly. And like, you know what I mean? And then Superman swoops in and saves his life. And like, you could have used this moment here because once Batman lands... He gets to the Fortress of Solitude and Superman wakes up 
and he's just all like, oh, I heard him. He like he he heard Batman slam into the ground, which is crazy. So like, I mean, obviously Superman can do that. But another thing that was pointed out by Drew in the Discord, I don't know if you read this conversation. I did read a part of it, yeah. Yeah, so crazily enough, Drew was all like, dude, how long was Batman in Atlantis? Two weeks. One, or was two it weeks. one or two I read weeks? It. I posted it in the Discord. I went back, got the comic book, posted it in the Discord. He was in Atlantis for two weeks, suffering from his injuries uh, that he sustained from Spellsafe. Superman... Took longer. That means Superman. He was also dying because they got hurt on the same fucking day. Same fight. Superman has been in the red sun bed or whatever for two weeks. Well, and that's the, that's the other fucking issue. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me that they... Because right there, and this is just a comic book thing with me. It's not... Red sun destroy, like gets rid of his powers. Why mm-hmm. is he in red sunlight? I don't know. Chips the Rider, man. So, like, I people are already defending this. I had somebody saying that they're like, oh, you're serious about this? Because I posted it on Twitter. They said, uh, Batman just got beat up a little bit. Superman got poisoned. And I'm like, uh, okay. So, so Superman's injuries. Superman is superhuman. Yeah. He is, his technology helps his advanced biology heal yeah. faster. That's the whole point of yeah. If we it's so if, annoying. If we were to take every form of Superman that's been around, we can go to Zack Snyder, who sent. I mean, this might have even happened in the book as well, because I think he pulled it from something. Superman has ate a nuke essentially, went up to the sky and got healed in the same fucking day within hours and came back to save the day. Yeah. And you're telling me him getting hit with some kryptonite is gonna put him out for two weeks? Two weeks and a few days, mind you, because freaking Batman wakes up and then Felsafe does it. They go to the moon. They do all this stuff. Like, so I just thought that was another thing that I thought was really stupid about this book. Um, Like, look, I love Batman. I love the idea of Batman beating the shit out of Superman. We've had this discussion on this podcast. I think Batman can beat Superman. But if we were trying to be like super logical, I think, Bat- you know, Superman wins 99% of the time. And it's just the possibility that Batman can win is what I enjoy about Batman. I do not like that Zadarsky is making Superman look like a little bitch in this book. Like he has yeah. gotten bodied twice. Yeah. Twice by failsafe. And I understand it's Batman. Batman made it, which that's going to be a problem later on in this book with the backup. Is, you know, Batman freaking say, like he, he can beat Superman, so whatever. And I'm just like, okay. So, yeah, Batman gets to the Fortress of Solitude after falling from the fucking moon. Superman wakes up. He's not even 100% yet after two weeks of chilling in this bed, which Robin, another thing Drew pointed out, he was like, why hasn't Robin changed? He's been in the same suit for two weeks, and he still has the patch on his neck from when he got shot. So the timelines here are so bad. I could believe that, you know what, two weeks after getting shot in the neck, you probably still have a bandage on. But why are you still wearing your Robin suit like for two weeks straight? Um, So like, whatever. That's just another thing you just let go. It is what it is. Superman then puts on a a super suit. I don't know. Is this suit have a name? I don't know what it is. So this suit in particular, I can't remember the name of it, but it is like something that is canonically correct. 
Okay. Uh, he has several suits. Um, one uh, in particular uh, helps with uh, sun absorption. Another one helps with uh, that is completely made with lead. So that way it helps with the blocking of kryptonite. Mm. This, I can't remember what suit it was. Um, but I will, I, I like the design. I really yeah. do. But again, the problem with this part is the fact that Superman literally says, I wasn't prepared for you last time. I am now. And then continues to like just get fucking beat down by failsafe. And it's fucking embarrassing. Yeah. It's so stupid. Yeah, it was so lame. Uh, Clay had pointed out, he was like, I thought it was so stupid about the pressure points. Because freaking Felsafe's like, I know Kryptonian anatomy and I know your pressure points. And like, granted, yes, Batman has done something like that in the past with criminals. But I just thought it was kind of like, it's too much. Like, you can no, do again, too much. The fact that he got the pressure point, I can believe that multiple alien entities have pressure points. That doesn't yes. bother me. What bothers me is like, oh, this one pressure point gives you involuntary heat vision and like yeah. Superman can't control his heat vision now. That's stupid. Yeah. So that happens, right? And then so Batman and Robin are just like, oh, Superman got bodied again. We're going to need to do something. And he creates like a serum and he's all like, this will hopefully give him humanity or some bullshit. I don't know. At this point, I was just like, this book is fucking dumb. And what ends up happening is Batman and Robin go to fight Failsafe. They somehow are able to inject this thing into Failsafe at one point because, you know, previously Batman did use a gun, which somebody pointed out uh, in the comments that we'll get to eventually. Um, but, like, used a gun on Failsafe. It weakened him. That's where they put this injection. And it is supposed to make Failsafe hopefully change his programming. And... It doesn't do anything, or it's supposed to give him, like, humanity or whatever. I don't really care. He's supposed to be more like Batman. And then it comes down to this showdown where Robin's like, no, you can't do this. And Batman's like, it's okay, Tim. It's fine. And he, like, talks about, like, oh, I guess I can't change the world or whatever. Are my family still going to die if I die here? Like, And he then you see Batman with pupils again for, like, yeah. the fifth time in Chip's run. Yeah, no, fifth time, like, in this book. What do <laughs> you mean? Like, if you go through this whole book, and it, I, I mentioned this in the Discord, it really pissed me off, because George Jimenez is drawing Drake with no eyes, but Batman with eyes all the time. And you can't say it's a way, again, that stupid thing of, like, eyes show emotion. There is literally a panel in here where Tim Drake, after Batman, you know, meets his demise, quote-unquote, uh drake is screaming for his life and it looks you feel the emotion in that panel and he doesn't have pupils or anything it's just wide yeah. eyes you don't need fucking eyes to show emotion i'm tired of that fucking saying uh anyways so batman is telling his goodbyes to tim and he gets shot with the laser beam and he just disintegrates tim freaks out and he's like, you were supposed to be different. I don't know why. I mean, he was trying to kill them the whole time. He's like, you're supposed to be different. You're supposed to have changed. You're supposed to show mercy. And he was like, that was mercy, Tim. Beep, beep. And then he like flies off into the sun like Poochie from fucking uh, the Simpsons episode where he's got to <laughs> he's got to take off. And I don't know if he's going to self-destruct or something like because he's like mission complete. And then what is the point of failsafe after 
Batman goes rogue. You know what I mean? And he I don't here's know. the thing. He was red the whole issue, right? At the end of this book, whatever they injected him with, he turned blue. So I'm I'm pretty sure that means that's gonna be good fail safe, and we're gonna see him later and he's gonna team up with Batman at some point. Guarantee it. He's gonna he's gonna be uh the leader of Batman Incorporated. Yeah, he's gonna do some shit and he's gonna be a good guy now. But the very last panel or the la- very last page of this is a full page spread of Batman teleported somewhere else and he's like burnt to a crisp. And um, that's pretty much where it's gonna end. Now, the solicits of the next two books are kind of talking about how Batman isn't in Gotham and Gotham's going to shit. And the back, the the backup story is going to be Tim Drake trying to find out where Batman is. So, have you heard that before? Have you ever, have we ever had a story before, Clay, where Batman disappears and people kind of still look for him or think he's dead? Just curious. Yes. Yeah. But also, Tim Drake literally saw failsafe kill Batman. Yeah. And then Tim Drake's like, he's not dead. Yeah. See, so there again, we can't have it both ways that, yes, annoying, but Batman has done the same with Superman. So, you know, like there have been issues where Superman disappears and Batman has looked for him and he ends up finding him or whatever. We And we kind of just learned that. I mean, I guess did that in in World's Finest. That kind of just happened. Well, not only that, but like in Tynan's detective run when Mm. Tim Drake died. Yeah. Batman didn't really look for Tim Drake, so I guess yeah, he's like, he had a lot I'll look for you. Busy. He was, I mean, <laughs> look, when I say a lot of people don't care about Tim Drake, okay, apparently it's Batman too. I'm just throwing it out there. Because Batman's like, you actually have parents. Who fucking cares about you? Like, come on. You didn't go through our trauma. Your parents didn't die, Tim Drake. Well, depending on what earth we're on. Um, which, by the way, I feel like I read something recently where in continuity right now, his parents are actually dead. I just don't know what I was reading. Really? Um, yeah, so I could be wrong there, but in New 52, his parents were there, and I don't think they re killed him again. But yeah, there's so much has happened since, anyways. Here's I've been saying this for the last you know few podcasts that we've covered this book. I have said failsafe seems kind of pointless, and I think it's just kind of dumb because if his goal is to stop Batman, but he is Batman, he wouldn't kill Batman. I think it's just dumb, man. Batman should have also just turned himself in. It's like, if you're Batman, then I'll just turn myself in if you think that I'm going to die. If you're the world's greatest detective, uh, like I am, because you are Batman, you should be able to figure out that Penguin's not dead. Which, again, yeah, we haven't fucking heard anything about that. We didn't see anybody try to be like, well, let's just find out if Penguin's alive or not. We already saw Catwoman find Penguin. Kind of fucked up for Catwoman to find Penguin and not be like, hey, Bruce, I found Penguin. You know what I mean? Even though she's like, yeah. I'll keep your secret. You know what I mean? But I just think, again, it is what it is. Uh, and it it's not like Catwoman has never told Batman secrets before when she promised not to. We saw that a lot in Batcat. You know what yeah. I mean? She told all of, like, oh, Joker's about to blow up some kids. Like, you should go save that. He goes and does it or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people were saying that uh or one of the conversations i was having is like everybody was saying that what's happening in catwoman right now which we've kind of talked about all that bullshit uh well not all of it but we'll talk about it again in the future but everything in catwoman is happening before fell safe which i don't think those timelines add up i feel like they're 
fairly similar or they're kind of like things have happened in both that wouldn't make sense. Um, also, remember how in issue one, I called bullshit on how it said then and now at the start of the book? Yeah. I want to go back to that because a conversation I was having on Twitter was saying that the now, like everything that happened in Batman 125, everything before the now page was all in the past. Which makes no sense because Tim Drake got shot in that book and he's been in this current page. So the now wouldn't make sense because it happened in the before, if that is the logical thing. And this is why I'd say fucking artists and writers need to pay really big attention to those headlines when they do it because you fuck up a story like this. And he didn't do that. Uh, It's cool to show flashbacks, but you need to make sure you put like now or in the present. Like you need to do that. And he didn't do that in book one. Um, I don't know. So it's been six issues, Clay. It is the first arc of Chip Zdarsky's run. This was the most ridiculous fucking book I've read in a long time. I feel like I am, he's on levels with Tynan for me right now. Like if not surpassing it. I wouldn't say he's surpassing it yet, Mm -hmm. but he is definitely, he's basically where we were. I feel like at the end of the first arc with Tynan with the idea of like, with Tynan being his gimmick of the gadgets. We're like, okay, yeah. we're kind of tired of this. This needs to stop. We need to move forward. How can you, how can this be better? And I feel like Chip is the exact same way in the sense of, hey, you're making Batman do really stupid things. That needs to stop. We're kind of tired of it. Let's move on. Let's see if we can do anything better. And it just, it's a mind boggling. I know Drew was really joking around in the beginning of Chip's run with the idea of possibly just like copy pasting what he was doing in Daredevil. Yeah. And placing it in Batman. I think I would have enjoyed that a lot better. Yeah, probably. Probably like, at least like, in that one he gets married. And the idea of like cuz a lot of people are probably worried about that like oh you're just going to make batman just like daredevil and like we'll see all the same story again i would have much rather had that story yeah than what we are getting now so there i had a lot like i said i had a lot of conversations about this okay uh i kind of i kind of veered off is what i do it's how my brain works failsafe doesn't make sense clay and let me tell you why i don't know if you read the backup or if you were caring about the backup at all okay no so at the end of this I'm not going to lie. I think Chip Zdarsky's backup for uh, Zurin Ra was, was, was a good story. I think it was a good way to try to make Zurin Ra interesting. And I love the art for it because it was like that old school kind of art. Tom King uses a lot of artists similar to this for yeah. his stories. It had a noir type of feel. And so I really enjoyed it. But in that book, they're like when Batman's kind of like in his mind or whatever, he, I think his mother shows up and his mother's like, this isn't you. And she pulls off Zurin Ra's uh, cow and his face is just blank. And he has no eyes or anything like that. She's like, this is just, this isn't you. Like you got to be true to yourself. And like, this isn't like whatever. You're not a, you're not a villain. You're not a crook. You don't kill. And so Batman ends up beating the Joker or whatever. And he specifically says in that book, that he goes back and he does more training to make sure Zurin Ra fits the Batman guidelines. He does Batman's rules. He is Batman. So we saw in this book, Zurin Ra act not like Batman. 
But then Chip writes that Batman makes Zer and Ra exactly like Batman. So that's already contradicting yourself. But then we had a theory, which I don't know if it, it might have been Vasan that was saying this. I'm not too sure. It might have been somebody else that I, I think I, maybe I was talking to Vasan on Twitter about this. They said that they think Zerin Ra made failsafe. So he probably kills or he does whatever, right? But now uh -huh. that, that theory doesn't work anymore because Batman fixed the Zerin Ra personality to make him fix to make him have Batman's rules. So that means Zerin Ra doesn't kill. And that means failsafe wouldn't kill. So that throws yeah. a whole fucking wrench into this whole thing. But then we just saw failsafe kill, quote unquote. But did are we gonna get it? Because people could be like, well, uh, maybe in a later issue, Felsafe's gonna be like, I teleported Batman to where he actually needed to be. You know what I mean? And that could then why did he say eliminated? Yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. But here's the thing: Chip hasn't even fixed the Batcat bullshit that he had in issue one in his first issue. That's still kind of going on. Are we gonna learn about that later? Because we already see one cover in 132 where Catwoman's gonna backstab him or some bullshit like that. Uh, um yeah. but it could be on another earth now. So maybe that's totally different. Maybe what if Catwoman is just on another earth now? Like, I don't know what they're trying to do. I We won't find out until the next issue of where... Okay, apparently Batman's not going to be a thing, and it might just be Bruce Wayne for the next two issues. Because I read that. Because somebody said, like, Batman's not in Gotham, but what can Bruce Wayne do? Or something in the solicit for 132 mentioned some shit like that. And I'm just like... That's a little weird. Yeah, all right, whatever. Wouldn't be the first time that we have a non-Batman in Gotham and Bruce Wayne being Bruce Wayne. Wonder who wrote that, Scott Snyder. Um, but like, you know, it's, I don't understand that. But I want to talk about something else, Clay, because there's something that really pisses me off that people say when it comes to adults enjoying comic books. And I got this, and it's funny because like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got this comment after I said, after I was having the discussion about, you know, talking about Batman falling from the moon and stuff, somebody jumped in and said, it's a comic book. It's pretend you are an adult. You should know that. Oh, let's quote it correctly. It's a comic book, babe. No, 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 no. That's right? the second comment. That's the second oh, okay, comment. Okay, okay, so okay. So it goes, it's a comic book. It's pretend you are an adult. You should know that. Which I followed up. Just because something is pretend doesn't mean it's free of criticism. Which is this, this is what it is. I was talking about how Chip Zdarsky did not make this believable enough for me. To which they followed up, never said it wasn't free of criticism, babe. Uh, complaints about something not being realistic is dumb, especially when it's been a staple for the industry for decades. This is what I want to talk about. Because I call bullshit. Because now this person is saying anything that is industry standard, it should be fine. And I want to be like, okay, if you want to play that game, then I don't ever want to hear anybody bitch about female characters being sexualized or being used as pawns for a story. Because for the longest time, that is all females were used for in comics. They were the damsel in distress. They weren't good enough to like save the lives of men and all this other bullshit. They couldn't even leave their own books for some parts. I wonder if that's why DC has decided not to do any female books. They're like, fuck, we can't make them sexy anymore. Yeah, no, don't write them. Yeah. Just don't write no them. No more women. We only have men now. The men are sexy. <laughs> we'll have them with their shirts off all the time. Um, so I call bullshit on that. And I, I brought up the Games of, Game of Thrones thing, too. 
that that show is completely unbelievable if you're going to be realistic about it. Dragons and magic and dead people walking and all this stuff. But we believed the fuck out of that show until season eight when they started rushing things and they just started doing a bunch of shit that just didn't seem believable in that world. That is what Chip Zdarsky is doing with Batman. I can believe yeah. Batman can be floating through space. I can believe Batman can fall through the moon. But when you put all of this shit together, and like, and I've seen better ways of Batman surviving things, the problem is, and I mentioned this to Clay, the easy out to Batman falling from the moon is Superman saves him. Is somebody saves him. Wonder Woman can fly. She could have showed up and saved him. She didn't get beat up in that issue, if I remember. I don't even know she was in that issue when they all showed up. Uh, I'd have to look back. Actually, yeah. let me let me. So, look back like, back. anybody could have saved Batman, but the problem is, and I, I, I want to definitely say this is the reason why Chip didn't do it was because in I think it was one twenty eight, he had just used Aquaman to save his ass. So Aquaman did the really cool thing, which I really liked. Batman fell into the water, and Aquaman saved him from drowning. I thought that was cool. He can't have two saves back to back, but which I think is kind of bullshit. Because he had Superman get his ass beat back-to-back. Yeah. So why can't you do two back-to-backs? I think it would have been so much better if Batman's falling to his death and he's like, I'm not going to be able to survive this. You could have like put holes in his cape or something like that from the explosion, whatever. Um, you could have just, I mean, you did all this other shit. You could have done anything you wanted. Uh, and then Superman wakes up from his healing chamber and flies out of there to save, to save Batman. And then they both, world's finest, team up to fight fucking failsafe. That's so much more epic than Batman hitting the ground and being like, oh, I am Batman and I, I didn't break nothing. Like, I just call bullshit. Dude, you could have done this whole sequence. Batman hits the ground and he just says, my lungs collapsing. I have a fracture in my right leg. I can't feel my right arm. Like, that's all you needed to say. Say that he had some injuries. But just because he fucking gets up like he's Goku, I'm just like, bro, like, He's human. You can't like, I, I understand he's a badass, but this was just fucking ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it is just really, really bullshit to have this mindset that like comics are pretend and blah, 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 anything goes. It's like, no, that's just bad writing. And just because something has happened in the industry for a long time, doesn't keep it from criticism. Like, uh, is it is are we gonna just be like oh well there wasn't people of color in comic books for a really long time so they shouldn't be heroes either like you know fuck that saying like times are changing like shit's being a little bit more believable batman doesn't do a lot of things he did 30 40 years ago i'm sorry he just doesn't yeah. do that and the same thing with like superman and all these other characters times changed we we started phasing out what was silly like the silly stuff happened in the 60s you know batman yeah. had a sword belt and all this other bullshit um, but I just thought this was so fucking ridiculous. And, um, I'm glad for once, it seems like we're not the only ones that don't like this book. I know you have another podcast you were on. I don't know what their views are on this, but I saw that batmannews.com thought this was kind of ridiculous. CBR thought this was ridiculous. They said that Chip Zdarsky spent so much time on the space part that everything else in this issue felt extremely rushed. And so, like, I was like, okay. And I've actually seen people on Twitter also think that the space thing was stupid. So I was just breath of fresh air because I do feel like we are often the ones that are, you know, against the fence defending our, our opinions. But I'm glad other people actually thought this was pretty stupid because 
it just didn't i didn't find it believable it it actually does surprise me and you did share a a lot of the more negative reviews on discord i was surprised to see so many i'm looking back at 128 when the justice league appeared to help out batman wonder woman is not a part of that i feel like if you have wonder woman there and you have the entire trinity and the justice league yeah and failsafe still wins you you gotta call bullshit yeah so if i'm not mistaken if they are going with current timelines then uh her mother just died recently so that could be the reason why she's not there she could be on the mosquito or something like that but again it makes it even worse if that is the case because she was superman and batman went to the uh freaking tower and they were like hey if you need anything we're here for you because we're your best friends or whatever and batman had a space suit on so you know it doesn't doesn't help you know the continuity there and like i just i don't understand it um but i just don't think chip and and teeny howard for one care about timelines very well at all uh and i just think this is really weird and i think chip is chip is writing batman like the fans online that think batman can do anything at any time no matter what like batman will always get out of it i I like to think that too. I think Batman, I like to think Batman has a plan for everything, but I also like to see Batman in danger and that there are times that he can't get out of it and he gets saved by his friends. Yeah. I like that too. Um, but you could have had, dude, it was two weeks. Like you could have had fucking Tim Drake get a spaceship from the Fortress of Solitude and fly up to Batman. Like you could have done a bunch of different things instead of Batman falling from the moon and slamming into the ground. Like, just unbelievable to me um that's i think that's enough ranting about this book batman is an underwear sniffer now and you guys kind of got to live with it everybody but anyways we'll be talking we'll probably have a lot of comments about this uh on this particular issue but let's move on to the man james gunn talking about a whole bunch of things for the dcu ladies and gentlemen because man lot going on here clay i don't even know if you have this in your stuff but did you update this notes to include the gorilla stuff i did see that um i know that you had posted it in the movies chat on discord he has a quote here that says uh uh, because somebody asked him or somebody saying pushing for dc to up their gorilla limit by one its future entirely relies on if look it, uh uh replies uh relies on it look into this james gunn and this was a quote tweet of somebody saying gorillas sell dc had to implement a gorilla limit it says here on some sort of google search finally all the editors wanted to use gorilla covers and he said no more than one a month Soon they will push that one gorilla a month rule to the limit DC's sci-fi fantasy horror titles such as Strange Adventures and Tales of the Unexpected have since become notorious for their gorilla covers. And so James Gunn said, as co-chairman and CEO of DC Studios, I vow to the public at large and you the fans that I will break off the shackles of our limited imagination and will abide by no gorilla limits whatsoever. And he did the infinity symbol twice and did a gorilla emoji. Yeah. And he proceeded to uh, post pictures of ultra humanite, 
Gorilla Grodd. Um, oh shoot, what is her name? Uh, the one I that was on, the one that was recently on uh, Doom Patrol. I can't remember her name. Uh, Mala is mm. yeah. Uh, so I thought this was pretty hilarious. Yeah, and again, we always talk about this. James Gunn is an is a person that knows the source material. Yeah. And he's going to be somebody that's like, okay, it felt like there was limitations with the previous DCEU because it was very defined and it was only so, you know, solidified to the Justice League. Whereas I feel like James is wanting to actually create a universe and yeah, not just sure. a team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because imagine if the MCU was only limited to the Avengers. Like, they would have already run its course already. Yeah. Like, it would have been over. And especially James making something like Guardians of the Galaxy in the MCU, you know he wants to bring in some of the random shit that DC has. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I wonder if he'll bring in the gorilla that Dick Grayson fucked um, because that was a story at one point. I think she can shapeshift from a woman to a gorilla. So I think that's the point. It's in uh, the When He Was a Spy, that book. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I did. It's at the tw- the tail end of it too, so I don't really remember it too well. But the I remember the beginning of that story was really good. Um, but anyways, so yeah, so James Gunn has done a lot of things. So the first thing is, uh, Gunn confirms that he is helping guiding the movie releasing next year that are not officially a part of his slate. So Flash, uh, you know, Flashpoint. We have Aquaman two. We have Shazam. And Blue Beetle, right? That's the four, four videos. Yes. Maybe it's five. So, so else? next year, uh, first one will be Shazam, Shazam. then Flash, yep. then uh, Blue Beetle, and then Aquaman two. Uh, there was a Twitter thread of some sorts. I'm trying to go back to it. Uh, they had asked Gun. Uh, it might have actually been on. It looks like it might have been on Instagram. Mm -hmm. They say, will this be the first movie under your guidance as co-CEO or was that Black Adam? And James Gunn says, Peter and I will help to guide the already filmed projects for the next year, but the new slate won't start until after Aquaman 2. And then somebody else commented and said, the next five films have nothing to do with you, James. And he says, Damn, I wish you would have told me that before I started giving notes. Yeah. Got him. I've been a lot of people lately, which is funny. Which is hilarious, but it's still very... I'm still wondering if James Gunn is doing a soft reboot, or we're legitimately continuing the DCEU and just naming it the DCU. Because of some other things that we're hearing... Yeah. recently that like this morning showed up i'm surprised somebody doesn't keep asking him that i mean i feel like we should just spam that every day um you know is this gonna be a soft reboot uh one of my this isn't anything that's really going on but this is for anybody that's listening to this podcast that bitches about race swap characters uh don't think that your characters are gonna stay all white in this universe if they are 
because I saw this on uh this this is so big it got it made it to CBR. But somebody on Twitter asked James Gunn, he was like, why another race swap villain? Why not Mark Hamill? Because this was in reference to um I'm forgetting the actor's name, but uh let me see. I think it was on the article. Um nope. Uh let's see. I don't know the the guy's name. But anyways, the guy from uh that played the the detective on Peacemaker, the the black okay, detective. Yeah, yeah. Guy. Um I don't know why his name's not around here. Oh, Chuck? I believe, or Chuck? I don't know how to no, say it. No, uh, his name is... Because, I don't know how to pronounce it, to be yeah, completely honest. Yeah, because what Gunn says here is, that, you know, this person says, why not Mark Hamill? He says, because it says H- C-H-U-K, Chuck, right? Yeah. yeah. That's how I would say it. Uh, is the best actor I've worked with, that's why, has zero to do with race. So he's just trying to get the best actors possible, which I love. That's amazing. Uh, I went back and I looked at the person that said this, like their Twitter page, and they quote tweeted this. And he was like, I've asked so many things. Why did he respond to this one? And I'm like, because <laughs> it was the dumbest fucking thing you've said. <laughs> like, if you say dumb shit, people are going to respond. Like, that's just yeah. how it is. Like, um, so I thought that was pretty funny. So uh, just FYI, don't maybe maybe don't say dumb shit to James Gunn if you don't want to get called out. Um but yeah, so what do you think James Gunn has done with the slate so far? Like the before his slate stuff. I'm sure he is. Of course, I I do feel like a lot of these films are already too finished to be like, hey, we need to add this or hey, we need to add this or hey, we need to add this. I could easily see them making very simple like Easter egg things. Yeah. like easily put in with like cgi or possibly even if they are you know waiting for pickups as far as like you know doing extra uh filming and whatnot which i do believe everybody is finished um you know possibly putting in a note or two on there this could also be a marketing thing as well Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily always have to be with the actual film itself uh and it could be for planning towards their next sequel. You know, if Aquaman, if Jason Momoa is still going to be Aquaman during the reboot, maybe he's making notes on Aquaman 3 already, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. I, I also agree. I don't think it's going to be anything super drastic. If anything, it's probably just end credit scenes that they can film. You don't need to have crazy CGI with some of these things, right? Like, you Correct, could do yeah. it all in a, a practical room. Like, in a random hotel room, if you wanted, they could just meet up. Like, the Amanda Waller scene at the end of Suicide Squad wasn't... That wasn't hard to do. It's in a restaurant. Like, you know, she's just like, yeah. I have notes. And then Bruce Wayne comes in. He's like, my friends will take care of it. And that's it. That's not... You could shoot that in a day. Like, it's not something that's super hardcore to do. And I think if they want to add something like that, especially if they're going to cape maybe Ben Affleck around, you can have Ben Affleck still continuing to do shit like that, right? Um, yeah. But again, I mean, with your main question, is this a soft reboot? So do they all know each other? Do they not know each other? Like, you know what I mean? I think at this point, you can't do it where they don't know each other unless the Flash changes something drastic. Well, that kind of goes into part of... I know we're still talking about James Gunn. And you know what? Let's just keep on James Gunn for now. Mm -hmm. And then we will go into the Ben Affleck stuff. So... Uh, one thing from James Gunn also is directors uh, Bilal 
Falah and Adil L. Uh, RB. We're terrible with names. If you guys don't yes. know this podcast, just we don't. It's not a disrespect <laughs> uh, thing. We're just fucking terrible. Who, I'm dyslexic, so pronouncing <laughs> shit is hard. Who were the directors for the now canceled Batgirl movie? Yeah, uh, they have revealed that they have a meeting scheduled with DC Studios CEO James Gunn. Yep. So I posted this to the Discord, and your immediate response was, "I told you he would make things right." Yeah. Again, like I, I guess I my my answer does change because when it came out that they had said that, oh, WB came back to us and said if they uh, if they ever need us, they hope that they they hope that we can work with them again, everything else. And I was like, if I was them, I wouldn't work with them ever. You know, they were nearly finished with the movie and then got completely scrapped with. James Gunn being at the helm of things that does change a lot. Like, I feel like it's in good hands. There's going to be a lot of you because James Gunn was one of the individuals that uh, came forward when it actually happened was like, man, that really sucks, you know? Yeah. Uh, And had a lot to say for them in particular. My thing is, what about Leslie Grace? Well, do you think that what would be wild is if they're like, do you want to do a bad girl movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to do something with Leslie Grace. I think he has a plan for the Bat family or something along those lines, and he wants them to be a part of it. What if he gives them Gotham City Sirens? You know? I would or, I mean, like maybe, uh, maybe another not a Gotham City Sirens. I was gonna say the versus movie, but I think you need to do an actual Birds of Prey, like a good one first. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What if they have like Batgirl Birds of Prey, you know? And she's building the that. team together, you know? Yeah. Um. So that could be something that I think happens. If you guys hear my dog in the background, he's going crazy because somebody just. Got I will admit, I totally forgot you had a dog. So yeah, I don't because he poops <laughs> in my room every fucking day. Um, even when I take him out and he poops, he does it every fucking time. Um, but anyways, so I think something like that, maybe they won't do that. I think Leslie Grace, I think he'll make that right too. Now they said they would come back to do another movie. Like they said, if DC calls, we're coming, but they said their one rule now is the movie has to come out. Like, so I guess that's going to be in their contract. Like, uh, the movie has to fucking come out. Um, now I do think. If they had full creative control over the first movie, I don't think they're going to have that in the second one because they're probably James Gunn's going to be like, we have to watch it and we have to make sure you're hitting these certain points to actually, you know, to see that this movie comes out. Because if they had full creative control, man, and we're hearing the rumors of the movie was really bad, then they're probably not going to have as much leeway, which is yeah. kind of crazy because I think Bad Boys for Life was really good. I liked it. Um so I'm curious. Yeah, I, think how we, that... I think we both liked it decently enough. I'm actually looking up something to confirm what mm-hmm. a commenter said on this uh Twitter post yeah. about them having the meeting. And it looks like it is fake, unless it was a story and I missed it. The comment um, is fake or the uh them meeting is fake? No, so so uh somebody says here in the comments of the Twitter post that is stating that they are meeting with James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, oh, well, 
uh, Adil shared this in his, in a story on Instagram. Oh, so it's so it wasn't a story. I can't look back at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like Adil shared a concept art of Batman Beyond. Ooh, that would be interesting. Um, that would be nuts. You think that Gunn would do that though? I mean, he that would be a way to keep Keaton around. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That would be nuts. But I think it's too early, man. I don't want another Batman right now. Unless you're going to make sure that that is just the future and we're not going to they're not going to cross paths, then fine. But I don't I need to know who Batman's going to be. All right? I need to know who that's going to be. Like I I hope Gunn doesn't wait forever on that. I hope his first slate has a Batman movie, you know? Yeah. Because then I'm like, "All right, we're going to get a Batman." Um but yeah, I don't want to get held out for so long and we're still, we get this new slate and there's no Batman still. Like, that'll be nuts. Um, so, See, yeah. It's, it's, I'm on both sides of this. So, I would be absolutely floored if there was no Batman on the first slate. Right. But at the same time, my idea would be, got to make them wait for it. You got to make them really want it. So it's not going to be on the first slate. It's not going to be in the first three years of the, of the first, you know, wave of the DC universe. Yeah. It's going to be in the next three years. Ooh. Okay. But see, I feel like it's very contradicting. Like I said, I'm, I'm on both sides here. Mm -hmm. Do you wait that long for a Batman movie? Because if you wait that long, you still only get the Batman from Matt Reeves every two to three years. And so like you would then kind of stair step them between anywhere from two to three years apart from each. Mm -hmm. And that like, I feel like is, is too far. Yeah. I would cancel the Batman and (laughs) uh, just focus on the DCU. You know, I think that's the best play there. Um, we don't need a bunch of Batman. Zaslav said well, there's not going to be a bunch, and I'm curious on what that means. Yeah, I want to know what that means. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe we're waiting for the Flash. The Flash maybe is going to change some stuff. We don't really know. Yeah, uh, they have we, to change we, something. We do have some news on the Flash, but before we go into that, uh, very last thing on James Gunn, um, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Uh, somebody sent him a tweet. Uh, James Gunn and said, please, for the love of God, just tell me that you're going to utilize Condiment King. Yeah. And James Gunn's only response was no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I think it was uh, Raphael that said he probably read somewhere that James Gunn doesn't like Condiment King. Uh, maybe yeah. that was during Suicide Squad interviews. I don't really know. But um, I think it's kind of dumb because he, he used somebody like Polka Dot Man which I think Polka Dot Man is just as dumb as yeah. uh, Condiment King. But I think maybe Polka Dot... Also, I feel like Polka Dot Man wasn't used properly. Like, I thought he was able to create things with his Polka Dots. I had never you know? read too much of Polka Dot Man. I could be like, wrong. At all. But I feel like, for one, the actor who portrayed Polka Dot Man... Uh, a man of many faces in Hollywood. Yeah. He has been all over the place, TV, movies, video games, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he did an amazing job. Yeah, it was great. 
I just yeah. think like you know, hating one character and not hating the other is just weird. Uh I I love Condiment King, but I don't ever want Condiment King to be serious though. So that's the yeah. thing. So if you were to have him, he would just be like a cameo character. I don't think he should be something super massive. Um, I think Condiment King might be something to show up in like a freaking Blue Beetle um, Booster Gold movie, which would be like just a stupid one-off character that they're just like, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, something like that. Though he is yeah. more of a Batman character. But who knows? Um, but yeah, I do think he's he is a dumb character, but I would love to see him just as a cameo. Even if it's like, I mean, I don't want to see a Comic-Con in one of these universes, but something like that, like a costume party and somebody shows up like that, um, which would be funny. So that would it be is what cool. it is. But nothing, nothing too crazy. But yeah, so what is this stuff about The Flash? What do we got so going with that? So we got just a few things from The Flash. Uh, for one, um, over at CCXP, they had the costumes out on display along with some new merch which you and I both shared. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a new logo for The Flash. Uh, this shirt, merchandise, uh, poster, whatever you want to call it, because I'm sure they will put it on everything, of like The Flash running, and then you see the silhouette of Supergirl and Batman in it. Of yeah. course, Keaton's Batman. I don't like it. Re- well, yeah, the design's not the greatest, but I like that it shows the characters. I like that it shows the characters, but just because of the, I guess, the pose of which they have the Flash going and the, I guess, placement of Batman, mm-hmm. it just looks weird. Like, yeah. y- you can't tell where his cape starts and where his body begins and all of this other things. It just looks very awkward. Yeah. And the only thing that really tells you that is Batman is the horns on the cow. That's yeah. really it. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, uh, the big thing this morning that was really popping off uh, was, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but there is a pretty big scooper that has really started to really rev up in the scooper game this year, mm-hmm. um, last year and this year. Uh, they're called My Time to Shine. Hello. Um, somebody, I think it was uh, the DC Syndicate, uh, made a comment saying, let me tell you something very important to you all. Don't overreact to test screenings results, even if it is extremely positive or negative. These test screenings results are not final products. By the way, looks like they screened an older cut, so don't expect much change from the last. And then My Time to Shine said, it wasn't an older cut, and that's not how it works. They probably shot that scene with Affleck in case the movie comes out before the flash but now that it comes out after they kept keaton and removed affleck in aquaman or flash yeah. oh in aquaman so hmm. and then uh casey walsh made a comment uh saying without spoiling anything i'll just say they cut a major scene and it appears that bruce wayne's scene is no longer necessary so huh. The Bruce Wayne scene with, uh, with Aquaman, uh huh, that we had seen like them kind of. Jason Momoa was like, "Ah, oh, shit! This was gonna be a surprise," but you know, yeah, and he posted it all over his Instagram and stuff. Um, so I guess they cut that scene. So it's still Keaton then. Yeah. So then, what the fuck does that mean for Affleck? This is what he needs to clear up. 
Like, what the fuck are they going to do? Because I think going with Keaton over Affleck is a bit like a worse play, in my opinion. But that's what I mean. Is Aquaman 2 the death of this universe? I hope so, if anything. Because is the DCU a reboot? Mm-hmm. A soft reboot? We don't know. So it's very confusing in regards to this idea of there not being a, a you know, there they're not being multiple Batman, but we have seen and heard and have evidence of several Batman, you know, filming on several different movies. It's it's very, very confusing. And I think that there is a possibility. We had talked about this before, I guess, years now. And it did recently come up with the possibility of, you know, beforehand when Hamada wanted crisis to happen. There was rumors that there was possibly a tease at the end of Flash to get the ball rolling to get crisis to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a rumor that Affleck and the and uh, Miller's Flash were not on the same Earth at by the end of the Flash movie, but they were somehow able to communicate. And Ben Affleck's Batman was telling Flash, "There's a crisis coming." Mm-hmm. I think that is the scene that might have just been wiped, hmm. and so. I don't know how exactly they're going to be moving forward with because, you know, like James Gunn said, he's the only one uh, besides Peter Safran that knows what's going on with DC after uh, January of 2023. So I'm just very confused as of what everything is happening, like what's going on. Yeah, again, I just want to know what's going on with Batman. Um, Also, nothing really came out of CCXP. Like, to be honest. Yeah, nothing really. There was a surprise panel with Blue Beetle. Um, it did. Uh, there was a mention or a, like, confirmation that one of the lead actresses in Blue Beetle is actually related to Ted Cord, mm-hmm. And, like, that's how there's going to be a connection between Jaime, her, and then Ted later on. Um, but, yeah. Uh, nothing really came out of that. Uh, I think James Gunn was busy and he said that he wasn't able to show up and that's probably why there wasn't more. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, I think we covered it on the podcast before. Maybe if we didn't, James Gunn did say that somebody asked him about Comic-Con, right? And he was like, I'd be shocked if you didn't see something before then. Yeah. So we know that he is pitching to WB discovery the new slate in January, or at least early 2023. We assume that we will see that slate in San Diego comic-con. And some people have made that assumption as well. And so they verbalized it to him and they're like, and he said, I would be really surprised if something didn't leak before then. Yeah. Because he knows how these things work. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to see what happens. Um, I just, that's the only thing I'm worried about, man. I just want to see what they're doing with Batman. And that's all I care about. I think it's a worse play to keep Keaton around. I think you should go after Affleck if he's willing. Um, but we'll see. But I do hope it gets cleared up. It just, as long as it doesn't feel rushed, man. I got the burps right now. Um, as long as it doesn't feel rushed, but freaking, we'll see. 
Um, I don't know if they can if it's something that can be fixed in the in one movie or across multiple movies or what what happens here. <clears throat> because if they are going to do a crisis, like do they use that to reboot the whole universe? And if they do, do they keep the same people? You know, like yeah, or do they get a new people's like? Because they're saying they do they're planning this for ten years, so you know even though he only has a four year contract, they're trying to plan it out for ten years. So be very interesting to see. Another thing that we might be getting in the future, um, because the person involved really wants it to happen, is something to do with Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Because Margot Robbie really wants it to happen. She's been actually advocating for this for a really long time, yeah. um, way before Gunn took over. But her and Gunn apparently have a really good relationship, and he was apparently writing something for Harley Quinn a while back. Yeah. So I'm curious if this is going to be that or if she is going to be like, hey, 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 um, you know, you're in charge now. Can I finally have this happen? And it, the one thing that I really enjoyed Margot Robbie saying was they asked her, who do you think would play Poison Ivy? And she was like, I don't think about the actress who should play Poison Ivy. I just think about the characters and the idea of putting them on screen and having this romance. Like, I don't have a certain person in mind to play Poison Ivy, which I think is really good. Um, yes. Now, I'm curious on who they go with, because I, like, I don't know. Uh, I I think it all comes down to, are they doing green skin or not? And yeah. from my understanding is James Gunn made a comment recently about how apparently green skin is one of the hardest things to do in movies. Um, and because like, I think somebody was talking about how like Drax is more gray now and he's not as green yeah. as he used to be. Yeah. And uh, so they were like, we already have to do it with Gamora. Like, you know, I think it's just, you know, the makeup artist started to change it over time, whatever, something along those lines. So do you think we would get redheaded Ivy? And like I'm I'm already preparing myself for the shitstorm of them casting a person of color and doing red hair. <laughs> I'm and then all the and then all the redheads being like, yeah. why are you doing this yeah. to us? So um, like I I could, I could see that happening, or I could see very, very fair skin redhead. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to get an actual pale ass redhead in one of these characters that we constantly have, you know. Um, but I don't know what they would do. I would not be opposed to redheaded Ivy. I like the animated series version. I think it's really cool, and especially if we get that Harley suit too. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Possibility of of a Poison Ivy Harley Quinn movie again. I think at that point you just do Gotham City Sirens though. Bring in your Catwoman as well at the same time. Yeah, you know what I mean, and maybe that's something they'll do. Who knows? But is that all we got for the main stuff? No, we actually have a new movie that was announced. Uh, this is from the Hollywood Reporter. The Dark Knight is headed to the 1920s in Batman: The Doom That Came to Gotham, uh, with a million little things actor David Gitali. Gitali, I don't know how to yeah. pronounce that. Starring as Batman. Now you said this person sucks. He no, he was in <laughs> he was in the worst Batman animated movie, which How was his voice. His voice was okay. Uh -huh. Um, this of course Batman. not the best Batman well, voice. The best Batman is no longer with us, but second exactly. best is who? I don't really know who the second best. Who's the one that does um 
the Titans Young show. Justice. Yeah, Young Justice. Oh, yeah, uh, Bruce Greenwood. He's my favorite Batman. Oh, okay. Uh, Over Conroy? I was about to say, I wanted to go ahead and correct myself. That is, you know, below Conroy. I think below that is the Batman in 2004 for me. Um, But Bruce Greenwood, uh, freaking president of the United States in National Treasure. um, I I love his voice as Batman. I think it's great. Um, But this actor, uh, David uh, uh, Guntoli, he was supposed to be playing like a 70s batman in soul of the dragon um because it was like basically like a bruce lee movie and it was it was a really bad movie i didn't really like it um there was some corny jokes in there uh so unfortunately i have him as batman in this movie but i have Jason Marsden as Dick Grayson and young Bruce Wayne, which I actually am really okay with. If mm-hmm. you don't know who that is, uh, Eric Matthews, best friend in boy meets world. He also mm. played Max goof in the goofy movie. Um, yeah. and him as Nightwing, I think would work out perfectly. Yeah. Now he's got a good voice. Um, yeah, this, I love this bat suit, by the way, this 1920s bat suit. Uh, I've always been a fan of it. It looks really cool. And uh, I've never read the book, though. So I'm curious. The, the cover of this book has Batman with a gun. So it's an <laughs> Elseworld story, everybody. Um, but this does kind of, you know, we had this discussion last week, and I believe there's a comment about it in the upcoming comments. But Batman uses guns. Just just throwing that out there. Told you. It's one of the more believable things. He just doesn't use ones that kill. Although I don't know what that gun is in that story. So he could easily use it to kill people. Um, Cause those Elseworlds stories go hard sometimes. But I think that is everything. I mean, there is a small tidbit of apparently the Batmobile remains the same in the flash, but there is a new Batwing. Yes. So there was that as well. And I think that what, did we find that out because of toys or uh, how did we find that, that information one... Let me actually see. Uh, I I just saw the post and I decided to share it. And I was going to look back at it later and I never did. Yeah. Um, but looking at it now. Uh, oh, it looks like the post has since been deleted. So I Ooh. can't actually look at it. So, so maybe that's wrong. Who knows? I I could possibly see it being a, a toy that is about to come out. Yeah. That is probably in solicits or you know, available to pre-order or whatever. So I I could see it being a toy thing. Yeah. I could imagine the original one is kind of hard to make because it's so circular because it is yeah. the bat symbol in a circle kind of. So they probably wanted to go with a more sleek, easier design to film. So I could see that. But anyways, I think that is everything for news wise, but we have a whole bunch of comments. So we're going to dive into these right now. Starting off with Total Gaming Unit, Feel sorry for DC Animated. That was the best of DC. I just hope James Gunn can get the movies back online. DC is fucked. Uh, DC comic books is dragging out. Sorry, uh, storylines. It says storylines, but I mean, it's supposed to be storylines. Now they want to share animated. No, not it. So this person's not happy with the idea of Amazon uh, getting the DC animated stuff. Which is absolutely wild. Now, I do understand... There is an uh total gaming unit. 
you may not see it as this way, but there is a big proponent proponent of gatekeeping when it comes to DC animation of mm-hmm. like, oh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited are the best things ever and everything else is non-superior, you know? Uh, and I get it. It's something that we grew up with. Great storytelling, uh, great uh, cast for the characters and yeah. whatnot. Uh, but I think it needs to evolve. I think it needs there needs to be another version of an animated series for these characters because I feel like the advancement of technology for for animation has evolved so much, and the animation that has come out of other streaming services has been so good. Look at Netflix and freaking Voltron, absolutely amazing. You look at Amazon and Invincible. Mm-hmm. absolutely amazing you know so i think that if you're able to do something with a property that you own plus make a shit ton of money out of it do it yeah. um and especially with the characters like dc you know i think it's going to be absolutely amazing i'm going to be very interesting uh, it's it's going to be very interesting to see if they end up making something like a justice league unlimited or just League series yeah uh to see who the new voice cast will eventually become yeah i I agree i want to see a studio from japan make something that's all i want to see like i'm talking like infotable or whatever whoever does like demon slayer i want to see them do a uh an animated series i think that would be great um whether that be batman or something else um actually animated superman animated superman i think would be really awesome since he's so overpowered like the fights would be crazy yeah so uh, i would be down to see that but yeah i mean you know with any kind of change there are going to be people that don't like it and you know we hear you i get it um i don't like what zadarsky's doing in batman and there are people that love it so uh all right here we go we got uh nathan uh who says love your videos would like to spread your channel to more comic readers could i have your blessing to set marketing cards for the channel at my local comic shop in parentheses challengers which I found this is really interesting because we have some comments under it, which is Moncray, who's like, what the F? Are you serious? Uh, I go to Challengers too. I was there last week getting some Batman volumes. And then Nathan replies to that. Imagine if we passed each other before and never knew. So possible Batman News Weekly listeners in the same area, which I think is kind of cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then we did have Alexis also said, I think I went there one time last year when visiting Chicago on break. I like the atmosphere and the walls had sketches from comic book illustrators. Uh, I've been to some, I was actually able to go to, um, oh my God, I, I'm, there's a famous, there was a famous comic book shop in LA that was a really used, small one, right? It was, it had a comedy store in the back. Yeah. I forget what it's called, but it closed down recently. Uh, it was where Nerdist started. It, it closed down like years ago, but like my friend took me there and I remember seeing one of the chicks from those like fighting uh shows and stuff there like though you know how it's like bat in the sun and all those other like oh, fighter yeah, yeah, ones yeah. i saw one of the chicks there one time and so oh, like cool. it was a place people like hung out and had like couches and shit like you could actually chill there and i thought it was really awesome and it had a comedy store in the back so like they actually did comedy shows i forget what it's called um meteor comics asteroid comics something something along those lines i could be totally wrong i'll have to ask my friend that took me but that was a i was glad i was able to go to that comic shop before it closed because it was awesome 
But um, I don't care. I don't care with people uh, pimping out Batman News Weekly. Uh, totally cool. Don't make the cards look like shit. That's all I'm going to say. If you're going to make <laughs> cards, like we have our own symbol. If you want to print that out that says Batman News Weekly on it, maybe write where you can find us on the back. Um, go for it. I think that would be awesome. We're totally down for people pimping out the podcast. And also, just so it helps us on other platforms and everybody else finding us, uh, don't be afraid to write a review uh, and rate yes. us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep, yep. Definitely do that. But yeah, go for it. Uh, you got our blessing. Uh, next up, we got Eduardo de la Cruz. Uh, I hopped off right before Joker War. Can you explain to me who Ghostmaker, Miracle Molly, and Punchline are? Uh, what do you think of them? <laughs> I kind of feel like this is a troll comment. I, I feel like it might be, but I will go ahead and and answer this question. So uh, Ghostmaker is a Dollar General Batman. Mm -hmm. uh, he was introduced as the god of solving crimes he solved seven crimes in less than two pages um and has not been able to do it since yeah uh, for... oh, no, he, didn't he solve like 20 while having a threesome or but that was that was technically in the past because it was an annual that was showing like like his previous work or whatever that wasn't like during the joker war or whatever oh. i'm pretty sure well i'm I mean, pretty sure it was a flashback though so. yes um miracle molly it was supposed to be, and I know that she was recently featured in, I say recently, I say within the last like year and a half, um, featured in Urban Legends. I think they are trying to make her a part of Birds of Prey now. Um, and she is basically the technological Robin Hood of Gotham. Um, yeah. Is basically the easiest way to explain her. And then Punchline is supposed to be Joker's new girl. Uh, that is obsessed with him, but there's some very contradicting things in some books that we're going to be talking about. So I will bring that up later. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. All well, not Ghostmaker. Ghostmaker had no potential. He sucks. He's the worst. I will kill him in my Batman run. Um, but the other characters, Miracle Molly, Punchline, and even the designer, all had amazing potential. So I will give that to Tynan. He just failed to make them amazing. Yeah. Miracle Molly, I would have no problem with her being in Birds of Prey. I think she has an amazing design. I think she looks freaking great. And DC did too. When they when she debuted, they gave her like 40 covers. Yeah. Which was so crazy. Um, but I think she looks amazing. But he made her super OP where freaking she already knew who Batman was and all this other shit. And I'm just like, you can't do that because then you're just and this is what i talked about with clay when i gave my whole speech about tim drake kind of thought the whole tim drake thing it's kind of a bullshit origin i know a lot of people love it but i'm like if he could solve it and like the way he solved it i feel like a lot of normal people could put those pieces together as well and i just didn't i just don't buy it and now we're starting to see every villain knows who batman is and it's just like uh, i i kind of like the identity thing let's not get away from that but yeah. don't make it so easy that everybody understands who he is. Um, I think with some good reworks of those characters, maybe some new origins of them, I think that they could be really great characters. Punchline, her origin is 
okay. She is obsessed with Joker, and I like what uh, I don't. Rem- I don't even remember the book, but we just read it recently. Maybe even as recent as last week. Somebody said that Punchline is unlike Harley Quinn, who was uh, manipulated by the Joker. Punchline is obsessed with him because she's grown up with him. Yeah, and I think that is really cool because we've seen a lot of people get obsessed with like YouTubers or celebrities that they've constantly watched, and they're very parasocial. So I like that idea of Punchline. And now maybe if you were to give me her origin of her constantly watching the Joker and like, you know, maybe secretly like keeping all of his like clippings and stuff like that and just like obsessing over him and then, you know, going into like chemistry or whatever she did to be this kind of thing. I think that's kind of cool. But like the origin that Tynan tried to give her was like, joker found her at college or something like that and then she killed the dean and then he was like oh yeah show me if you're good enough and then that's how she kills the dean or some shit in her dorm room or like some random ass shit like that i'm like dude you've gotta if you're creating your own characters how do you not think out their origins you know what i mean yeah. and uh i feel like that because i don't even think he wrote the origin for miracle molly i think didn't somebody else do that in like a an annual or a one shot it was like, uh it, no not because it had annual. horrible art it was the uh, the thing of Go- like it was something of Gotham or something of Arkham. It was yeah. a it was a twelve issue series. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but the those characters had not Ghostmaker. Ghostmaker did not have any potential. He was dead on arrival. He sucks. Um, but I think the other characters Tynan has created uh, had a lot of potential. I will always say Clown Hunter should have died. Um, but oh yeah, one hundred percent. Again, they they fucked that. So um, going on to Fede, which I want to say best comment of the week here. So I think because we asked about this, and I I think this is really eye-opening and interesting. So regarding the bisexual characters, as a bisexual slash pansexual person, I'm always behind more representation because growing up as a kid, I never had any hero that showed me that my sexuality or any sexuality for that other than straight was okay and that could kick ass and be a badass, and also gay, for example. Uh, From my point of view, the original issue was making all of these heroes straight when they just doesn't make any sense. So now DC realized that almost none of their characters were were queer, and let's be real, none will care, uh, no one will care to buy the book of a new character just because they're gay, for example. Like you said, Juice, incels and comics gators say that, but I assure you that they are not buying these books, which I totally agree on. Um, So now DC acknowledges their lack of diversity. They have two options, in my opinion. One, they create one of the new queer characters. The problem is that um, just because, wait, the problem with that is that just because that new character is new and queer doesn't mean that it will be relevant or a compelling character after that hype dies down, Um, which we've seen that fail many a times uh, in comic books. Uh, Let's see. Two, they change existing character sexuality, which from my point of view, it isn't uh, that far off. For example, I realized my sexuality when I was 17. That's 17 years of my life. I didn't know exactly who I was. So for example, in case of Tim Drake, it made so much sense. Don't get me wrong. I love the idea of my queer characters. However, their sexuality can't be everything because uh, they're going to fail. That's my two cents. Very interesting. Drew actually had a counterpoint to this in uh, the Discord because we were kind of talking about this as well. Drew's point of view is, 
I've been reading comics for 30 years or so, and Tim Drake has always had a love interest in Stephanie Brown. They both watched each other die. We've seen them mourn each other, and we've seen them like fall back in love. He was like, I don't like that they're just erasing that from existence, like it never happened. Which I think is a fair point. I think that is a fair counterpoint um, from Drew's perspective. But I also think Fade here is also uh, really interesting. I think the problem with Tim Drake, and I agree with Fade that a lot of people don't get their sexuality. And I can only come from this as a straight person. As someone who is straight, I have never questioned my sexuality. Like it's never been questioned. And I'm not gay, so I don't know if Fade, like who is bisexual, you know, felt like, you know, I don't know if I'm straight or not. And also bisexuality, like, I feel like you're still kind of, you know, you ha- you like women still and you like men, you like both. So I feel like that's a lot harder. I think I would, I want, I would want to hear the perspective of somebody who's gay. Like, did they always just feel like, ah, uh, I don't, you know, am I supposed to be straight? Am I not? Like, you know what I mean? I love having those kind of conversations because yeah. I've never once questioned my sexuality, but I feel a lot of people say they are like, I didn't know what I was. So that means I would assume that means you're questioning it, right? I could be wrong. Uh, these are the kind of conversations I would love to have. But I think these are both two great comments, in my opinion. Uh, I think Drew has a point, and I think Fade has a point here. And I think there are a lot of young readers that do go through sexuality uh, issues and identity issues. And so turning a character, I can see it. But my biggest gripe has always been they turn these characters and then they never do anything with them. But it finally feels like DC is like, oh, we have to do something with them now because before we weren't doing shit. Yeah. That's how I see it. So I don't know what your thoughts are on the whole Tim Drake stuff and everything else. I I can agree just like you on both sides. I think it's very important that there is representation, but I think it's a very fine line to, to walk across when it comes to the idea of changing somebody's sexuality. Mm-hmm. Again, just like today, somebody could be confused about their identity for several years of their life before they completely stand firm on a certain stance. Yeah. That is 100% okay. If you're going to do that, I would like to see that story. Yes. Yes. 100%. Not just not just be like Okay, I'm gay. Yeah, and I, that's how Tim Drake comes off to me. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's the problem because, like Drew says, it's been 30 years of Tim Drake dating Stephanie Brown. You know what I mean? And so that doesn't mean that somebody can't change. We have heard stories of people hiding their sexuality into their 40s. So it doesn't really matter. But I don't think that they told that story with Tim Drake. I could be wrong. I've been skimming that Tim Drake book that I don't like the art for. Um, I do think somebody like George Jimenez needs to write one of these LGBT books. So it's just beautiful art with hopefully a beautiful story. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they, I feel like they don't give these books a chance and it's always the goofiest drawings. And I'm like, I just get turned off by the art and it's unfortunate. But um, yeah, I, I'm very, I thought that was an amazing comment. I, I would love to see more comments like that for people that do do this. But I will say at the same time, I think it's a little bit easier to change sexuality, but I, I, as somebody who is a person of color, I don't want them to change characters, skin colors at this point. Like it's been too long. 
I don't want Batman to just automatic Bruce Wayne is black now or, you know, Mexican or something, right? Like we don't need to do that. Like the character's established, that's fine. But bring in a new character. Like Duke Thomas, you could have made him an amazing character and you've done nothing with him. Yep. Like, and we saw him grow up, which you don't ever really get to see in comics. And we got to see him grow up. They haven't done enough with him. I feel like there's a lot of writers that want to do stuff with him, but DC is probably like, Meh, who cares? Like, we don't want him. Like, and I just don't understand that. Like, they could have done that. Um, and then I don't know if Bluebird, I don't know what her sexuality is. I don't know if she's um, bi or lesbian. I don't know if she's straight. Or maybe I'm getting her confused with her brother. Is her brother gay? I Those stories are so long ago. I but, see, I want to say in, because in Young Justice, mm-hmm. she is, I believe, gay. Okay. Which I, I, I'm just getting, because I think there was, but, I know that they had family problems in their family. But in the backup, I'm pretty sure in the comics, in uh-huh. the backup, I'm pretty sure her brother is gay. So uh, it may be maybe switched. they're both gay. Which, which again, if that's the case, let me know that story. Like, I, I know that they have a troubled childhood. Maybe write a story that integrates the troubled childhood because they're gay and their family is like strict religious or something like that. Because that happens in our state yeah. all the fucking time. Um, so, like, I would be very interested to read that story because that is relatable, you know? There are people yeah. that are have to be closeted. They cannot come out as, you know, whatever their preference is because their family will throw them out. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, no, this is against God and blah, 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 blah. And they, they will literally throw them out. I think I know friends that have done that. I know people that yeah. have been thrown out of their households because of that. And it's unfortunate. And I would like to see that story in comics. And that's where it becomes relatable. And I think that's also where you can win over the thick-headed, stubborn people that are like, I don't like that they turned my character gay. I don't think you can ever fight against a good story. And the problem is a lot of these stories are not good. And that's what needs to be fixed. So that's my biggest thing. Don't care about sexuality. Don't care about race. I care about the fucking story. And a lot of the stories, when they try to push the agenda, as the incels will say, are usually shit. And that doesn't help. So fix that, DC. Um, next up, we have Vasan. Uh, Vasan, you had a few comments on here. We're going to be picking your best ones. This goes for everybody. If you do multiple comments, we're going to pick your best comment and go from there because uh, we will be here all day if we do every single comment. Vasan uh, says, Batman just used a gun, a laser gun in New Genesis, so uh, that failsafe wouldn't predict him in failsafe. He also used a gun on Darkseid. Also, in the new previews, we see failsafe use a gun on Batman, and I think that's totally fair because it just says it it just says how Batman thinks he is dark side uh, level threat. So Felsafe thinks Batman is a dark side level threat. Is how I read that. Um, so Chip Zdarsky's story is basically Batman with prep time versus Batman, and I think that Felsafe is Batman, uh, like the H and H sound, uh, and using a gun against uh, Batman because Batman is as bad as Dark Side. So again, what I had just said. Also, the super gun is something that Batman uses to be unpredictable. What if his hands were cut off and there literally wasn't any way for him to use the uh, canister? The gun, uh, the gum is spit spitting in the most un, un uh, unexpected, unresourceful technique besides whistling. 
that Batman would disrupt the sound frequency of Kryptonians. Okay, it's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. First of all, I already said this in the first 40 minutes of this podcast. Failsafe doesn't make sense because Batman has already corrected that. If Batman, if Failsafe is Batman, Batman wouldn't kill. And so he kills him here. And or he gets teleported away or whatever. Um, I just don't think Failsafe makes sense. So you can try to sit here and tell me that Batman is dark side and Batman is whatever. But if Batman is Batman, then or if Failsafe is Batman, he would have handled it the way Batman would have. And like, I, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like he's trying to pull the thing from Final Crisis to be his smoking gun here because Batman used a gun there, right? Um, which is a fair point, but I just don't think that, first off, this is precedent here. We know Batman treats aliens different than he treats humans. He's killed yeah. aliens before. So technically, if Failsafe is Batman and he knows Batman is human, then he wouldn't kill him because he has more respect for the human life. So I, it just doesn't make sense to me. I know you're trying to put a good thing in. I think that's a good a good try. It still doesn't work for me. Um, I think Zdarsky is just doing a really bad job. Now for the Batman gum. I went back and looked this up because for some reason, I in my brain thought Batman had kryptonite gum in his mouth at all times, like on a tooth or something that he could pop off. Yeah. Like I went back to to verify that because I don't know why I thought that, but I was like, believable, I guess. Like he probably would be that ridiculous. Turns out he has a pellet of the gum in his cowl. So I guess he's able to move something and take the gum out and put it in his mouth pretty yeah. quickly. And he was fighting Superman during that Snyder run when he used it. So you just have to assume that he took it out of his cowl and put it in his mouth and spit it in his face. So your analogy of Batman not having hands wouldn't work here because he still needs his hands to put it in his mouth now if it was if it was in his tooth like i thought it was then he wouldn't need it but unfortunately your analogy there does not work Basan. so back to the drawing board my guy um mon cray uh up next says would a story of batman accidentally killing be done well or would it ruin his character p.s riddler and clock king are gay couple in harley quinn show this got pointed out a lot and yeah. I completely forgot about it. Um, kind of tells how lackluster season three kind of was. Wasn't that season I haven't, two? Or was it season three? It was season three, the beginning okay. of season I three. I haven't finished it. I haven't finished it either. Yeah. Uh, it could be really good. I just haven't finished it. But um, Clock King was a clock, though, which was really weird. <laughs> but uh, it fits with the comedy stuff. Yeah, so I guess there has been a lot of things where, or not a lot of things, but there have been times where Riddler is gay in source material. So there you go. Um, I just never really thought about that because I completely forgot about that issue. But I could see it. Uh, will they pull the trigger on that? Who knows? Um, I feel like they don't care about villains being gay. Yeah. You know, they just care about them being bad. Um, so there's that. Uh, what else do we got after that? Oh, uh, what are your thoughts on Batman killing? Could it be done right? So I feel like there has there was a little bit of a discussion about this uh, last episode. Him accidentally killing, I think, can be... This would be the story of uh, Daredevil. Because this mm -hmm. is what happens at the beginning of Daredevil with Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. This whole idea that you know, just on some off day, Daredevil accidentally throws a baton that he uses and he kills a guy. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not great. Then all of the heroes are coming after him and all of this other stuff. It's going to be a better story than what I'm reading now. <laughs> They'll yeah. save. But I think that it's going to, I think it would be a compelling story on the side of how does, how does Batman come back from it? Not mm-hmm. necessarily how everybody else trusts him afterwards or like if people believe he actually did it, but the actual inside narration of Batman coming to terms with accidentally killing in an individual and knowing that his actions resulted in somebody's death. Yeah. I think it could work. It just needs to be really good, but yes. I could be wrong here, but wasn't that the premise of Batman and Robin eternal? Because there's this panel. I never read eternal. Okay. Somebody that read Batman and Robin Eternal, please leave this comment. Did not Batman kill somebody or they at least made you think he killed somebody? I have not went back to read that story, but I remember reading page like issue one or two. But one of the issue ends with like, I have a dark secret or blah, 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 blah. And it's the family finding out about this dark secret. And there was like somebody called Mother or something like that or the mother that could like brainwash people to do what she wanted and they brainwashed Batman to kill a family. And I think the family, he, he, he essentially did what uh, Joe chill did to him and he killed parents and created another Batman. And this Batman, this ninja Hmm. character, I believe who I think is called orphan, if I'm not mistaken, and it's not Cassandra Kane. uh, goes around like killing people or whatever and his problem is because batman killed uh his parents and so that could be the thing but i don't know if that ever got resolved like if it was like it actually wasn't you batman it was all a dream or some shit um or if batman genuinely killed somebody because that was main continuity and if that's the case i think that would be stupid so um especially with all the training batman's done he shouldn't be easily manipulated like that so yeah uh so yeah you would have me on the fence you would have to tell a really good fucking story for me to believe that but i would lean more nine out of ten times i would say no i would say it would be a bad story because it's one of those things right like everybody automatically thinks it's a good story if you do the one thing the character should never do you know what i mean like everyone's like oh my god that'll be so compelling like i want to see that story i want to see you know superman rip the head off of the president or something like that like it'd be so cool and it's just like oh but he's the uh, he's the american boy scout it's like no it would be cool if he killed the president like it's like bro okay whatever like not every story just because you do something outlandish the character wouldn't do uh makes it good you know so yeah. everybody thought uh punisher batman was gonna be awesome and that kind of sucked you know what was his name batman uh the fuck what was it batman Dan? oh batman, no no batman uh, punisher uh, oh shit what was his name the the hell batman i don't know they he just had a bajillion guns um but i know people are like oh my god he's so awesome and he still sucked um oh my god what the fuck is his name all right anyways you figure that out and i'll, I'll move on to the next one 
Um, Alexis Barretta says, I think Amazon has done the best adapting of com uh, Im image comics into shows. Just look at what they did with The Boys and Invincible. Do you think uh, it would be best for them to adopt Saga, Spawn, I Hate Fairyland, or something else from Image? Um. Well, for I one, I will go ahead and say The Boys is not an Image comic. It was a uh, previously owned by DC, but then owned by Dynamite now. So, oh, was it Dark Horse, or what? What was it? Vertigo. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the boy owned by DC at one point. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, if we're just talking about Image Comics, something like that, I would actually like to see an animated version of The Walking Dead. Like actually play out like the Ooh. comic book does. Same character, nice. same everything, because the comic book deviated or the show deviated so much from the, the actual comic that I think doing an animated version would be worth it. The Grim Knight. Uh, pfft, stupid name, too. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah, that's uh, lame. Yeah, that, lame was, that was lame. Uh, but yeah, I would want to see The Walking Dead. Do you have a particular other story image to do? Um, as far as image comics, I would really well recently, uh, Kyle Higgins, Ryan Parrott, uh, and uh, Matthew Groom have created a universe called Radiant Black. Hmm. Uh, I would really love for them to do an animated series of that. They actually, uh, uh image and the writers of them scrounded up some money and they actually did an animated short uh, for a preview of their uh, of one of their issues that was coming up. Mm -hmm. And they had Will Friedel voice Radiant Black. Oh, nice. um, so it sounded great and it looked amazing. Um, I'll have to share it in Discord uh, this weekend. But uh, I would love for them to do Radiant Black. Um, I mean, I... I have never seen it, but I feel like Spawn would actually be very successful nowadays. You know, yeah. uh, especially if you went like the anime route with it, like with that kind of design where it's like all flowy and crazy. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I'd still, I'd still go Walking Dead. All right, we got two more comments. We got uh, Clay in the Nolan verse. What would have happened if Bane came to Gotham as the same time the Joker was causing chaos in the Dark Knight? Would he team up with the Joker, Batman, or would Joker and Batman team up against Bane? Uh, this was an odd question would, that yeah. I saw earlier. I wanted to double check to see if there was anything that would really stump me um, prior. So I, I went ahead and looked at this beforehand. I don't remember enough of Rises to understand the alignment between the three of them in regards to like, other than Bane's connection to Roz, mm -hmm. I don't really understand. Like, again, I'd have to watch the movie again. It's been so long. Um, like, I feel like Bane would be like, this dude's fucking crazy. We're out of here. We'll control another city. Peace out. Like, yeah. I, um, I don't know if there would be a really big push to be like, oh, all three of us are going to control Gotham, you know? Yeah. I just don't think it would be a good movie. Um, it'd be too it would much. be too much. 
Uh, but <laughs> Joker was supposed to be in part three. So, um, you know, I don't know if he would have been in jail or what the case would have been, but or in Arkham probably. So yeah. he was supposed to be in part three. I'm curious on how that would have played out. I wonder if anybody's ever asked Nolan that. Like, what was supposed to be his part in the, the third movie? But, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there would be... I would have hated a Batman-Joker team up. After what we saw in The Dark Knight, I would have hated them teaming up. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it would have been better if Batman just had to figure out how to solve both, you know, two crazy villains at once. Like, what am I going to do, you know? And maybe that's when you introduce Robin. He needs teams. Or Catwoman could have helped, you know? Yeah. She was in it. So, I just think it would have been too much, though. So, probably for the best that that didn't happen last comment of the podcast jason todd which side villain do you think can be the main baddie of an arc like uh main baddie of an arc like joker bane riddler are um my pick is mad hatter because they rarely ever have him do much but it was interesting to see a whole volume dedicated to his antics it would be interesting so yeah what side villain so b c list maybe that you think could hold down an arc um, I think Hatter's a good shout, though. Hatter is a good shout. Um, I, I again, not I. I don't think he's C. I think he's lower. But that one story really got me. I think Killer Moth would be a really fun and possibly like really cool story to tell, uh, for at least one arc. You know, yeah. whether that be a three issue arc or a six issue arc, that's entirely up to the writer. Mm-hmm. But I think Killer Moth would be a good choice. Um, one, I oh, that's something that I wanted to update everybody on. Mm-hmm. I on I am on episode ten of Batman Unburied on Spotify. Oh, nice! I started to listen to it, um, and a character that they are using in that in that book we have not seen. Or heard of in a very long time, Hugo Strange. Oh, nice. I and mean, that makes sense, isn't it? Like in a, a laboratory or a morgue or something like that setting? Well, that's the thing, also. That was all a dream. Oh, huh? yeah. Right. So, uh, along with spoilers, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, minor spoilers. Uh, along with Tetch, uh, Mad Hatter, um, there is like the inclusion of like Poison Ivy and Hugo Strange, and they're all kind of concocting this thing that basically they capture Bruce Wayne, and then like Bruce, uh, Bruce Wayne has like a mind key, which mm-hmm. is what he uses for his uh, security in Wayne Tower and Wayne Security. Mm -hmm. And while they were looking for this mind key, they just happened to fall upon the fact that he is Batman. All right. Yeah. It's weird. I will say. It sounds weird. It's not my favorite Batman story, but I will say this. The sound design Mm -hmm. of the actual production. Absolutely amazing. Uh, 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 the guy who is actually Batman and Bruce Wayne, unfortunately, 
uh, is attempting to do his best Christian Bale Batman. Ooh. So very gravelly, very like. Yeah. Yeah. Not the. It's uh, what's the name from Watchmen, right? Or no, it's uh, the guy from Black Panther. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was good. I feel like isn't he doing something? He's doing something else in Marvel, right? The guy from Watchmen. I forget his name. Uh, it's a unique name. Um, I forget. He's like a new character, isn't he? He's like Superman or some shit. What? Or I don't know. He's like not. Maybe he's not Superman. He's um Animal Man or some random bullshit. Oh, you're talking about uh the guy from oh the Watchmen TV series, the guy yeah. from Aquaman. Yeah. Um, he he's gonna be playing Wonder Man. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. And Marvel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's in both. Gangster. Um, I hope, because he's already in, he's in Aquaman 2, right? Yeah. Pretty sure he's going to be in Aquaman 2. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. And he's a he's a great actor. Um, But, yeah, uh, uh, Christian Bale voice. I don't, uh, that's kind of a turn off right there to listen it's to It's rough. It's rough. Um, But that's cool. Uh, I think that was everything we got. Um, Unless I just missed, I just, I'm not going to lie to you. I blanked on that last comment. Um, I completely <laughs> forgot because I closed out the I closed out the freaking thing, so I didn't know if we're what going uh, what what uh, B or C list. Oh, there you go. Um, Dollmaker. Uh, I know that um, Finch or no Daniels Daniels is the one that drew that book, right? Yeah. Uh, in Detective, uh, had a had a run with him, but I think you could go a little bit creepy and more sinister with Dollmaker and do some more shit and have like a detective story involved somehow. Yeah. Uh, I think Dollmaker would be really good, and um, I don't know. I feel like, uh, do you consider Clayface a tier? I was thinking Clayface when I first was gonna answer the question, mm-hmm. but for one, he has kind of played the fence of like hero and villain, so I was yeah. just like, oh, I won't add him in that category. But I do think a lot of people consider him to be a tier. Yeah, because he is it's it's really it's really sad. It's again, the whole idea of like what's going to make their way into live action with mm-hmm. Batman being the way they are in movies. None of the supernatural stuff really makes it so they forget about Clayface. But when it yeah. comes to the actual conversation of villains, Clayface is usually at the top. Yeah, I as much as I love him, I would say he's probably beat here. Because I don't think there's a story where Clayface is the main villain that you're just like, that's a fucking amazing story. True, because he's usually the MacGuffin. Yeah, he's usually like, he's used to do the bait and switch. Yep, all All the time. time. And uh, it's overused. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I love Clayface. I want to see him in movies. I want to see more of him. But you can just look you can just look to the harley quinn show and see how they treat him you know he is the goofy character and uh that kind of sucks but yeah i I would love clayface but i don't think he's a you know he's not a list in my opinion but anyways that is all we have for questions and comments ladies and gentlemen and we're going to move on to the final part of the podcast which is comic books now of course we talked about the main book that we did all week or we've been waiting to talk about for so long at the start of this podcast. But we do have a few more books to talk about. And two of them I do not give a shit about. And they both involve the Joker. Um, did you even read or care about a Deadly Duo? 
So I did read Deadly Duo. I will say this book, I do not like it yeah. at all. I'm cool with dropping um, it. That's how bad it is. Yeah, I'm okay with dropping it as well. The problem that this book has, again, we keep saying it with Mark Wade. We're kind of saying it with Chip Zdarsky. But this book is definitely a product of Silvestri's time. He is mm -hmm. wanting to write a story that takes place during the time that he was probably reading comics. Yeah. Because one thing that rubbed me the wrong way, which was actually a conversation that uh, we were having in the Discord with Ethan when he did not like lesbian yeah. Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn is in a relationship with Joker in this book, and it just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I to play devil's advocate, I don't mind telling old stories between Harley and Joker. Um, because I still think a lot of it wasn't explored. Um, you know, it's kind of like everybody always just goes over the obsession, the obsession, the obsession, right? Yeah. Um, but I think there was still like I think there's still stories you can tell between Harley and Joker. Like what you don't see a lot is Harley trying to be good while she was with Joker. You don't see a lot of that. And like, yeah. what would those consequences be if he found out, you know? Um, and like, I don't know. I would like to, I think there are stories to tell there, but at the same time, just to go back to Harley to be Harley of the Joker time. I, I, I don't know. You have to have a good story for me to care about that because it has been pretty solidified that she is more of an anti-hero now. And she is with, poison ivy and that's kind of what everybody sees it, it that that i think that is the, one of the most accepted couples out of like a lot of comic book couples to be honest like poison ivy and harley quinn are like a symbol and that's what people enjoy and it's it's popular enough to be on shows and books and all this stuff so it, it is really weird to kind of separate that it's kind of like to make the straight equivalent it is bad cat People don't want to see Bad Cat split up. Some people do, but a majority of people don't to the point where they will stop buying books or they will talk shit about the writers or whatever. Um, and that's not just me. It's happening a lot on Twitter and in you know Reddit and whatever. They just don't like what's happening, what Howard's doing and all this other stuff. So yeah, so I kind of feel like that's how it's going to be. But yeah, this book, I just can't get into it because I don't like the art. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. The art is really, really rough. Um, and just the storytelling of this book, I like the issue that I have is they're bringing Joker into the Batcave. Nobody has their mask on unless they're right in front of Joker. And yeah. if they're not right in front of Joker, they have this silly, stupid looking mask that has zippers on the eyes and headphones to where he can't hear or see anything that's going on in the Batcave. Yeah. Like, it, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, the idea of, like, the, the, the book ultimately ends with, like, there is a mystery character that uh, we have seen teased in the first issue, then talking to Harley in this issue, and is talking to Batman at the end of this issue. And he was the one, or they are the one, that was really wanting Joker to kind of cause mayhem. Mm -hmm. And they know where Jim Gordon is. Mm -hmm. And they have two random citizens um, tied up in chains 
with like blades, like saws underneath them. And he, the guy was like, oh, by the way, I was going to have Joker decide who to kill. Here's all the evidence over like just who they are as individuals. And he was going to, you know, choose. But since he can't choose, I guess I will. And so Batman's like, no, wait, I'll choose who lives and who dies. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's stupid. Yeah. Although I won't lie, I've always wanted some stories like that where Batman has to make a choice. And he could try to save them both, but I wouldn't mind one of those characters dying every once in a while. But see, again, if somebody actually dies, Mm -hmm. then I'll be like, oh, shit. Like Batman then caused that person's death. But if it comes out to what I will assume is, oh, I've made my decision. No one dies. And like he yeah. like, throws batarangs and saves them both and very does the very stereotypical thing. It it's kind of eye rolling sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I say, like, I think he has to make the choice every once in a while. Cause so it you know, it's funny. Ethan, if you're listening to this podcast, this is actually really good because we were having the discussion about the Batman. Uh the Ponderer is a huge proponent for the Batman, loves it. So he doesn't really enjoy that we don't like it. Um, but we had this discussion on the podcast before about the idea of Thomas Wayne being a bad person. And yeah. Ethan is like, he's not a bad person, he made a mistake, which is a fair statement, but somebody ended up dying because of his decision. And I say that at the end of the day, if it wasn't for Thomas Wayne going to a mob boss, somebody would still be alive. And so he takes some part of the blame. I would say that would be probably the same situation here, right? Like if Batman chooses one to live and one to die, part of that's on his hands. But do we really consider Batman's hands to be bloodyless? You no, know, because the there, there, there's always the there's always the discussion and the debate on if Batman's explosions, mm-hmm. whether it be due to some C4 that he has on a battering or anything else, saves more than like, like, let's just say this. If Batman wasn't able to save everybody on a bridge that was falling into the ocean. Mm hmm. Can you say Batman killed those people? Yeah, I think that is the uh, the dilemma, right? Like that's that's the dilemma. You can't yeah. save everybody, but you don't necessarily kill anybody. Yeah, but it's the technically, uh, it's, I, it... I don't know what the test is called, but it's where they have like people do. There's four people on the train track, but your girlfriend's on the left train track. Like, do you kill your girlfriend and save four lives or do you kill four lives to save your girlfriend or whatever right yeah like that's it's that thing or no it it's um i think they sometimes they do it with the baby versus a grandma or something like that or they do it with like four lives and a baby like it's like these people got to live their lives that baby has no chance like what do you pick and so it's that kind of situation right and i think that adds to the humanity of batman though um so yeah i think if he's attempting to save somebody and they die, that's not on him. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And like, I do think it gets a little dicey when you do say like, oh, Batman threw a batarang, it exploded and some people died. If he didn't throw that batarang properly, then that's kind of on him. You know what I mean? That's what <laughs> I'll say. 
But yeah, it, it is a dilemma and it, it always goes down. You could have that about any hero, right? Like yeah. if Superman saves a building, but like, uh, and it saves it from falling, but one random boulder falls off on the side and crushes somebody. See a bad guy for that. Like he tried to save the whole building, but somebody wasn't fucking watching where they were going. So it's just like, it, it's one of those situations. And I think that's kind of what you need though, right? Because a lot of these superheroes are breaking the laws and stuff. So you're going to have those sticklers that are like, you're a vigilante and you're breaking the law and you don't do anything that's good because you're a, a criminal. And it's just like, well, yeah, well, the people that are supposed to be upholding the laws are also criminals. So yeah, what the fuck do you want me to do? Like, I'm saving way more lives than they are while they're getting paid off by the mob. You know what I mean? So that's always the moral dilemma. And I think that's what makes these characters interesting, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, you're going to kind of always have that, but I don't mind, uh, Batman being put in tough situations like that, where he has to make a decision because it's another one of those things as, could you do that? Like, that's the question, right? Like, could my, yeah. could I be the one to step up and be like, I'll pick who dies. I mean, I really don't want to be it, but if I hate you and I'm just like, mm, I'll pick, <laughs> I'll pick, let me pick, uh, <laughs> you know, that would be fucked up. And so it's just like one of those things where I think it, you, you question hu your humanity and I like that. I just don't like this book. Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to. And it could be better. And I'm just tired of Joker. And so it doesn't help the next book that we have to talk about. The Joker, the, I don't even know the title, The Man That Can Never Laugh Again or some shit like that. Um, yeah. Because I just don't care. Uh, the title of it is, uh, let me actually, I have it up already. The um, Man Who Stopped Laughing. Yeah. The Man Who Stopped Laughing. By uh, Rosenbaum? Burke? Rosenberg. Burke. Burke. Never going to get that right. Um, so, yeah. Matthew Rosenberg, yeah, this is issue number three. Now, I was digging the first two um, of this issue or of this title. Mm -hmm. um, this one, it did kind of fall a little bit towards the negative for me here. Okay. Um, we do have, of course, the conclusion not conclusion of the jason todd joker fight here mm -hmm. um and we have like joker is clearly this because remember there's two yeah. this joker that is all scarred up shot in the head and whatnot is clearly like hey i can't just go walking around everywhere i need help yeah uh, so he goes to a surgeon and basically has uh a flake uh, a face transplant like thing surgery yeah. um just in a freaking broom closet it looks like and there's a really scary visual of like his whole face getting ripped off at one point which yeah. is absolutely insane uh but near the end you see him just walking away we haven't seen his new face yet mm -hmm. um so i'm going to assume this is not the joker yeah, I hope it's not Hush. You know? I could, uh, I hope it's not Hush either. But just for the fact that, like, you can't tell me that Rosenberg was like, hey, by the way, I'm going to tell a story about two different Jokers, but the real Joker, I'm going to change the way he looks forever. That would suck. I hope you he's know? not doing that. Well, just, just the idea of, like, because... At one point, I thought, because you do get a little bit of the other Joker mm -hmm. in this story as well. Um, and this is where I meant there was a little bit of inconsistency 
with um with punchline yeah because she was like all over joker and she is obsessed with them and here she's just like oh you're you're old you're the old stuff i'm the new stuff like we yeah. we got things under control we don't need a clown anymore i'm yeah. just like that's not your mo like the whole point of you was to be his side piece and not in a like a disgusting like freaking uh sexual what, kind of way not yeah sexual kind of way but just the way that Tynan wrote the dynamic yeah we actually enjoyed that and we again i'm not saying that she can't have like an eye opening experience and be like oh maybe harley was right about this kind of thing and now i can mm-hmm. be even better than joker but again I never read the backup story, so I don't know if she had that revelation. You know, yeah. Uh, if anybody did, please let me know. You talking uh, about the backup story to this? The backup, no, the backup story to Punchline, uh, back oh. in like Detective or whatever. To yeah, like for for Punchline's story to progress in that kind of way. I don't. You know? I, if that story, I think that was when she was like in jail and getting like a following on social media. So I don't really remember yeah. any of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was skimming it. I wasn't really paying attention to it. Yeah. So. So. I I just thought there was a little bit of inconsistency there, but like I I from here from this issue issue three, mm-hmm. I don't really know where Rosenberg is going here. Yeah. So I I can't say whether I I am more positive on it now, with I there being like, no real direction. Yeah, I feel like the last issue kind of already made me want to jump off the story because Harley Quinn flat out said that the the second Joker isn't the Joker. So she was like, "You're not the Joker." Like I know how he is, and I'm like, "Damn!" If Harley was anybody, I would believe Harley would know who the Joker is. Now, yeah. and the interesting thing, it's not like king or somebody else that makes you curious about what happens next i just don't care now like it's not something appealing up like there's nothing about this second joker that i care about and if you're just relying on me being like who's this second joker it's not strong enough and i need something to care about and i don't think rosenberg has done that you know what i mean um and so that kind of sucks and yeah, I just don't really care about this book. We can kind of continue, keep reading it to see where this goes. I'd be interested to see his new face, but yeah, I just don't care. I am um, skimming the back of this book. Joker is split in two. Yeah. So I don't know what's happening in these backups either, but there is a femdom fetish happening because I want to think, I want to say in every backup of this series, there has been a girl holding Joker by the neck off of his feet. She's a very femdom thing that people love. And they're just like, oh, yeah, like, oh, this girl's beating me up. I like it. So uh, that's happening in all these books. Because I think it was Power Girl previously. And then I don't know if there was another one prior to that. Uh, I don't care about this book. I'm I'm Jokered out. I want Joker to be put in a vault, and we don't hear about him for five years. You know what I mean? And it's funny because, like, DC constantly talks about like you know i don't i mean they maybe they don't constantly talk about it and i'm just putting words in their mouth but you know you hear that like oh oh only the batman title sells only the joker title sells so we got to make more of those it's because you don't do anything else like you don't give me a reason not to like you could still make money by reprinting the old books with new covers you know what i mean like people are gonna buy those 
maybe add a new story every once in a while. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't hurt to add a, a new like six pages to a, a hardcover book. You're, you're not going to notice that. Yeah. And um, so I don't know. I wish they would stop with the Joker, make him disappear for a while. Um, because yeah, he needs to go away. Um, and I say that if I ever got to write Batman, I'd probably write a Joker story myself because at the end of the day, it's still one of those things where it's the Joker and you want to write about it, but it just sucks as a reader when that's all you get. You know what I mean? I can understand it from the writer's perspective, but there's so many great characters. Like why can't you do these stories with somebody else? Um, which by the way, I've been pimping out this series for the last couple of weeks, but dude, if you have a chance, if you get these books, maybe you find them on sale or maybe you find them at a discount bookstore. The Batman Black and White series, I don't know why we stopped covering it or never gave it a chance because it's probably because it's a bunch of short stories and we're just like, man, there's some really good stories in there. But also the newer re- black and white stuff. I'm reading all of it. So I've downloaded all I could. Like, okay. so I, I guess I got everything, but I think I'm reading the older stuff right now. And okay. some of the older stuff is pretty good. And some of the stories are kind of fucked up, too. I talked about this in the Discord. But Dan Didio, remember that guy? He wrote a Batman black and white story that was drawn by, I forgot who the artist is, but it's like one of those realistic kind of artists. Um, yeah. And like, so it looks really good. It's not Alex Ross. It's another good person. The story is about Man Bat. And Batman is like chasing Man Bat around the city because there's all these, um these like, I guess, stories about him. And he catches him in the home <clears throat> where it's this guy. He's on the ground and Man Bat looks like he's going to like kill him or whatever. And Batman's like, stop. And there's like these two kids in the room. And turns out that Man Bat is like, Batman saves the dude's life. And it turns out that it's Langstrom's kids. So I don't know if Langstrom's ever had kids before in the story or any of the Man Bat stories, but he has kids apparently. And um, I guess Langstrom's kids are in protective custody or something like that. And Batman's all like, what are you trying to do to your kids? And like, why are you beating up this man? Turns out the man has photographs of a lot of children. So kind of putting out there that he's a pedo. And what Batman ends up doing is he saves the kids and he's all like, I don't have time for scum like you. And he throws the guy down and he lets Langstrom take him away and basically kill him. And he tells the kids like, "Uh, you're going to be safe from now on. He's like, I I got you. And then he just takes them to be, I guess, with the police or something like that. I'm like, uh, Batman just let somebody die. (laughs) And granted, I think pedos are terrible fucking people, but I'm like, that was very out of character for Batman. So like, you know, I'm surprised, you know, it is Dan Didio. I'm surprised the kids didn't die. We know he totally told Tom King, he's like, hey, if you want to kill that little girl at the end of Superman, you can totally do it. (laughs) Um, So pretty crazy shit. But there's some really good stories in there, man. And the thing is, I read like a story that, I I, I feel like the black and white stories, they kind of just let the artist and writer do whatever they want. Because they're going to be short stories. They're probably not main continuity things. But dude, there was this one story that somebody wrote it in the way of a silent film. And it's called Oh Holy, like Oh Silent Night or some shit like that. And it's about this character that is a knight that kills people in parks and stuff like that. And I think he kills parents. And his, and it's bat, it's the Batman from the new Cape Crusader, like the one with those weird cow ears that I don't really oh, like. Oh, yeah. It's that style. And he chases this holy knight through the park. And the reason why the holy knight ends up doing this is because his parents were killed when he was young. 
And he was like, I don't want anybody else to be able to have parents. Like they need to suffer. Like I did. He was like, you would never know that Batman and Bat Batman would know it the most. And I was like, that's a fucking great story. And it's written yeah. like, and it's written and drawn like a silent film, which looks fucking great. Um, so Batman Black and White, highly, highly suggested. I'm reading a lot of old Batman because new Batman kind of sucks right now. So um, highly suggest that if you guys are looking to read some shit. Uh, Clay was talking about how he just got a huge discount on, you know, the yeah D- on the uh, the DC Universe uh, Infinite app. I went ahead and did the Black Friday deal, which is usually around seventy five dollars. I got it for thirty dollars. Uh, got it for the whole year. Um, so I'm going to be utilizing that next year. A yeah. whole lot. Um, I started using it uh, just here recently. I'm doing some research for something. Uh, yeah, not sure yeah. if I'm. Uh, uh, no, let's not talk about that yet until yeah, we're ready yeah, to yeah, talk yeah. about it. But maybe yeah. 2023 might have some interesting shit for this channel. So just saying. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. So uh, if you guys are, you know, strapped for cash but want to read a bunch of comic books, that's probably a really good deal. That's not a sponsor from us. I'm just letting you know how you can read a bunch of comics um that we suggest but let's move on to the final book of this week and that is gotham city year one number three final book that we still got two more where what what else did you read sword of azrael oh shit yeah wait what's the other one well gotham year one and then sword of azrael so yeah okay i thought you were talking on top of god i forgot sort of let's jump to sword of azrael then because i don't know about you but I, which by the way, I don't think you finished the list yet. Uh, I need that because we're getting kind of close. Yeah, um, we yeah, we are. Um, I'm pretty sure this might be making top 10. I don't know about it's, you. It, it might be. It might be. Um, this book was absolutely great. Yeah. Um, we felt that Ram V created a really cool character back mm-hmm. in Catwoman and didn't really do anything with him um, other than kill a possible uh love interest for catwoman uh, in the middle of batcat um but uh see he did it right teeny howard can learn a thing or two (laughs) this was awesome um dude the panel where freaking uh you just see uh freaking uh valley oh uh he he's like Azriel, and then you just see freaking Jean Paul yeah. standing there with the like the shadow on his face and the blue eyes. Fucking awesome! This book is so fucking anime. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, there's this like there's this one panel which I mean the app doesn't show me exactly the page, but what's happening is we see the new creation, the girl that they kidnapped that we saw throughout the story has been molded into basically a demon type knight character and she is going to bring the templars back to prominence and valley is has captured uh john paul and he's just all like you know i got i got my name from your father and john paul's like you know my father and he's like yep your father was the one that trained me and did all this and blah 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 and he was like i thought you were like the the new coming i thought you were the great Azriel, and i heard so much about you but now i know that you're just pathetic he was like i sent you the girl to rise up to make her great again i hate to say it that way but you know what i mean like to make her the best and you 
let her kill a bunch of monks and go off with the Templars. Like, you're pathetic. And, like, he starts, like, whipping him and shit. And which uh, the visuals of Valley whipping his sins away, you know, kind of, like, doing that is so crazy. Like, that is awesome. Great visuals. And this is all happening in a church. And so Valley starts beating the shit out of John Paul, and he's telling him all of these things. And he's just like, you're not good enough. In between that, there's a, we see a mother box and that the mother box is calling. And, and you know, that's, it reminded me of the Snyder cut, to be honest. I thought it was something <laughs> along those lines. I was like, oh shit, Zack Snyder's going to show up in this book. I'm like, hey, what's up guys? Let me direct something. Um, but we have John Paul getting his ass beat by Valley. And he's like, I'm here to put an end to you. And while he's doing this monologue, Valley finally like awakens as Azrael. Like, he's like, you know what? I am not, like, I thought Azrael's always the bad person because I'm innocent and, like, I just know he's the one that makes me do bad things. But in reality, I'm not a good person. And, like, I'm just blaming it on Azrael. And me and Azrael are one. And that's when you get his, like, super Saiyan moment. And he knocks the fuck out of Valley. And there's just this amazing super anime panels of like knock to like super kick to the face, grabs his arm, super punch. You see this like super close up of Valley's face just being like molded into a batarang looks like. It's just like a boomerang, I should say, where it's getting smashed. And then there's just blood and it looks like he's like getting thrown across a floor because he got hit so hard. And yeah. Valley's just there. And then you we cut to the fallen angel. And it's just like, he's talking to the fallen angel, which that's a representation of Azrael, obviously. And uh, he's starting to cry. And this is when he's doing the monologue. And we see the valley's like, oh, like, who are you, Azrael? And he's like, yes. And that's when we see that badass painting. But visually to valley, Azrael looks like a fallen angel with the wings and the eyes and all that kind of stuff, which is an awesome depiction. And he was like, Azrael? And he was like, yes, I always was. And I'm just like, oh, shit. And so, like, that was pretty crazy. And then he was like, and then it goes into this final ending. He was like, I'm going to put, I'm going to put you away. Like, you're you're not going to be around here. You shouldn't be alive anymore. But there's something else we got to do. And we got to correct a wrong. Are you willing to do that with me, brother? And so the valleys are probably going to go kill the Templars. Yeah. Which... It's going to be a bloody fucking issue, dude. Yeah, and I think it's the last issue, too, if I'm not mistaken. This series has been a breath of fresh air, and it's fucking great. And I'm hoping, along with Blue Beetle, because the first issue of Blue Beetle was really cool, I'm hoping this is the new thing, because we have mentioned on this podcast a million times, just get good writers to take some of these other characters and do miniseries. And just release those as trades. And hopefully that's the way you do it. They don't need to have 25 issues of a story. We're seeing that with Catwoman. It fucking sucks. Give me six issues of Catwoman at a time. That's it. Arcs, just like that. Same thing. Uh, I mean, Nightwing's doing pretty good right now, in my opinion. Except for that nymph issue or whatever, the imp. Um, But for the most part, like I think this is the way to go. And this has been fucking great. It's not... 100% 100% anime, but it has that vibe and I think it works. So yeah. like if somebody wanted to get into comics that liked anime, I'd be like you should read Azrael. It's a really good book. You might like it. Um and like I would love to see more like this. Uh I forget the writer Dan Waters, I think is writing this. If I'm not mistaken. 
Um, uh, yeah, Dan Waters. Was, yeah. Uh, great fucking story. Like, I love this series, and I cannot wait for the finale of it. I will probably buy this in a trade. if it. I hope it comes in hardcover, which would be awesome. But it'll probably be paperback, which sucks. Uh, anyways, let's move on to the final book of the week, unless I miss something else. We're not covering Poison Ivy, which, by the way, I've been skimming Poison Ivy every once in a while, and the art in it's kind of cool. Like, I don't know if you've been paying attention to it at all. Um, the story's not past kind of, like issue three, no. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the art. I haven't been reading it, but it's uh, interesting the way they give uh, Poison Ivy like her own villains and stuff. Like, and we don't really see too much of that from other villains. Yeah. But it seems like they really, really are pushing for like obviously Harley and Ivy to be more anti-heroes or good people. But yeah, she's constantly fighting uh, some new, some new crazy characters. But uh, that comes out if you guys are interested in Poison Ivy. But let's move on to the final book, which is Tom King's Gotham City Year One. And uh, what did you think of this book? Like, I, I already want to jump to the ending because I was like, oh shit. But so I, I will say this. Um, this is, I'm not gonna say it's hard to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am a new father. Mm-hmm. to a girl oh yes different perspectives here okay and uh my wife is uh sitting down with me uh every night watching the casey anthony uh interview oh. uh docuseries yeah on peacock that is that is fairly new um so unfortunately i'm seeing a lot of spoiler alert for the end of this book i'm seeing a lot of talk about dead children yeah uh, so uh it's 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 a little much for this week i will admit mm-hmm. i had to like kind of sit down and 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 play a game to get my mind off of it but man uh this was a rough issue uh, yeah. not in the sense of like bad writing but heavy topics and the like we had heard that this book was going to be more about the dirty side of Gotham mm-hmm. and like how the Waynes are involved and all of these different things. And this is a dirty side of Gotham. Yeah. This is a sad story. It, it, I don't see there being a happy ending to whatever this story is going to be. And that's not usually King's MO. Yeah is the happy ending but to have this on what issue three out of 12 right or yeah. is it a six? well this is usually around the area where you get that moment where you're just like oh what the fuck like so it's still fitting his pattern you know what i mean yeah um because you know i think a lot of people will get to issue three on a lot of series and kind of jump off i mean that just happened with joker right like we were just kind of like i don't care um yeah. So I think King, like, you know, strategically plans for the third issue to be like a banger, which this one was. So, uh, you know, to kind of summarize a lot of the story, we see um, I, we get like a pass. We get we get a lot of flashbacks when it comes to King, for sure. He loves this in storytelling. But we get some some flashbacks of early Slam Bradley Jr. Um, and then we end up getting uh, I don't I forget the mom's name, the Wayne mom uh like the mother of this baby but she shows up to slam's office and she's all like uh i heard about everything that happened because we know in the last issue he punched out uh you know mr wayne 
and there's going to be a lot of like problems. He assumes there's going to be a lot of problems. There's probably going to be some heat on him or whatever. She's like, I heard about that. What happened? And they kind of allude to Mr. Wayne going after Mrs. Wayne and possibly, you know, beating her up a little bit. Cause he's that kind of guy. And yeah. she was like, yeah, I heard about it. I, I, I felt it after he came home. You know what I mean? Something along those lines. And she starts talking about how he, she's like, I know my daughter's dead. I can just feel it. It's mother's intuition. And he's like, oh, well, we don't know that. We can actually, she's like, I know, Sam, I know. And I want you to put an end to this story. I'm going to pay you X amount of money. I'm going to leave it on the table. And if you want to accept it, you can accept it. But I want you to finish this story because I need to know. And so her, her exact words were, uh, oh, shit, what was it? It was, uh, uh, I would like to hire you. I have money, not all. Uh, but she says, uh, as, as such, you can and will find these people and we shall bring them to whatever justice is currently available. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like she doesn't have a problem with killing people. So, which will be very interesting. And he, you know, we go through this moment of him contemplating where he just stares at the money. He's like, do I want to do this? And he kind of says, I would have done it for free. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he starts using the money to find out, like, information. And, and I thought that was very, very interesting because he, 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 his biggest lead is the woman that had jumped off the roof and yes. done all that stuff. And so he tries to look for her. He goes to all these bars, all of these like almost like risque yeah. brothel type places, and he is using the cash. And he's like, "I would," and he reiterates, "I would have done it for free, mm -hmm. but the Wayne money really helped." Yeah, you know, yeah. And so I think that's really cool. And he starts going to all these places, ends up going to like a what do they call them? Um, tarot card reader kind of people, fortune teller, fortune yeah. tellers. There you go. And she's kind of like saying some stuff and it leads him to a house and you know, this person opens the door and he's all like, what do you want? He's all like, Hey, I'm looking for some information. And he hears crying and this sets him off because he thinks this is where the Wayne baby is. So he breaks down the door, knocking this guy over. This guy gets a shotgun, tries to shoot Sam and like he's like jumping over and then he ends up knocking the guy down and knocking him out. He beats the shit out of him. And he's like, all right, I'm here to get the baby. And he goes in there, totally different baby. And he's like. So my first reaction when he heard the baby and I heard uh, reading the inner dialogue, my first mm -hmm. thought was it's going to be their baby. It's not going to be. Yeah. The, the guy that baby. answered the door's baby. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, it's not going to be the Wayne baby. Yeah. And when you clearly see it's not theirs, he even is like, ah, shit. Like, yeah. what did I do? I just beat the shit out of somebody for breaking into their house. Like, that's basically what I did. Yeah. And so you see him at the very end. He's like, I saw a place at the uh, outside the window from upstairs mm -hmm. and I decided to grab a shovel. Well, no, what he says is he, he after what just happened, he was like, I thought I got it all wrong. Oh, that's what I thought until I spied the yard out in the window. Yeah. So he sees this and he goes outside and there's a shovel. And he's like, there was a shovel by the side of the fence. I went to the spot I had seen from upstairs. A few square feet of brown dirt in this far west corner 
of the lawn where everything else was well tended green grass. So essentially yeah. moved around. It didn't match. It looks really out of place. Right. And um, he digs it up. And when he digs it up, there is a very little blanket wrapped up with an owl on it. And so again, the owl symbol still yep. around. And it just says, you see him like on his knees with his hands on the ground, looking at this, what we assume is the Wayne baby in there. Cause we don't see the baby's face or anything like that. And it just says a mother knows. And I'm like, yeah. fucking great dialogue for that. Like it's so rough. And, and I love how this story opens and closes. It bookends yes. with yeah, the yeah. flashback of him, like not really cooperating with the dirtiness of, gotham pd yeah uh yeah. when he was a detective because the way this book fucking opens dude oh my god we didn't talk about it mm -hmm. so this dude is he's holding a gun to this kid's hand against the table he's like oh this is a lie detector test yeah. if you tell a lie you know there's magic lie detector bullets that come out and he like the kid says something and he shoots him and like it's all bloody and gruesome. He's like, "Oh shit! Would you look at that? I didn't even know this gun was loaded. <laughs> that was a mistake." And yeah. like he just thinks it's all fucking funny or whatever. Bradley hasn't like fucking wants nothing of it. It starts beating the shit out of basically the entire fucking department. Yeah, like, holy shit! Like this is a pure Batman moment here, and it bookends because it's basically saying like, "Hey, like." I'm here for the little people. I'm here for the unjust that I'm going to give them justice or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and dude, I can't wait to see what Bradley does because there is a reason why he's talking to Bruce. Yeah. And we don't know that reason yet. So correct me if I'm wrong. The baby that we assume now is dead is named Helena, right? Yep. Do you think this is how Bruce gets his name for his daughter? I could see it, you know, because King has been very adamant about that family dynamic, you know, and this could be Bruce learning about what happened to his family's past. Now, a lot of people will be like, oh, freaking Bruce should have learned about all of that kind of stuff. You know, like he's the great world's greatest detective. But I think everybody I think even in reality can be blinded by family. Right. Like Bruce doesn't want to look up how bad his family really was, probably. Like, he might think, like, yeah, I heard a lot of bad things, but, you know, I just care about my parents, you know? And so he probably doesn't want to look up how maybe corrupt the Wayne family used to be. And he's just trying to, like, live in the now. So I would be very curious if that's where King is going with this. Because if this baby's dead now, I I want to know how the how the family tree works. You know what I mean? Like, do they have another kid? Like, cause his parents got to be born at some point. Like, yeah. so I'm, I'm curious on where this is going to go. And again, it's just one of those things. This ends and I want to read the next issue already. Yeah. And so very curious, but yeah, that page turned to the, the baby dead with that line of a mother knows. I was like, fucking perfection. Like that was fantastic it's... because you could have had a stupid monologue there with a bunch of like, oh shit, children are our greatest, blah, 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 well, blah. I was going to say, I feel like you could have, there's another version of this book mm -hmm. where Tom King has like a giant inner monologue going a, 
like all the way across the top of the page and down talking about all of that stuff but just the simple phrase a mother knows yeah less is more yeah you know what i mean that's how it goes which is what a lot of writers don't understand when it comes to batman they always have batman super monologue and talk and talk and talk and talk when batman can say everything in a few words and uh more people need to start doing that but that is the end of the comics this is fucking fantastic i'm excited to see where asriel goes i'm excited to see where uh gotham city year one goes uh yeah i think you know there is some good stuff even though we're not liking batman 130 before we get out of here i want to know where do you see chip going next we'll bookend with batman 130 i i don't know um the idea of him being transported into possibly a different earth Mm -hmm. um you saying oh bruce wayne is there but batman isn't mm-hmm. um i can easily assume that his bat suit got like completely damaged yeah. from the trans the teleportation or whatever I mean, he it looks, looks like fried. he's burned to a crisp yeah exactly so i could see why batman has to be out of commission for a little bit if he's not on his own earth mm-hmm. um but i don't know like and it's it's really difficult to like and don't get me wrong if a book is too predictable it's gonna get boring yeah with this like with how kind of crazy dumb and stupid the first six issues were i don't want to start off the seventh issue being like oh let's go for another round and do the exact same kind of thing and be just as crazy just as stupid and kind of having these moments of no real story I don't want that. I want yeah. an actual story. And I don't know if we're going to get that. Well, here's the thing. Um, Drew actually said it himself. He he was talking about how he was like, you know, even with the ridiculousness of 130, I'm still reading it. He was like, but let's find out what happens when they change the artist, which is what happens in the next arc. We're getting a new artist. So the crazy wacky could really work with George's writing, but can it work with a different artist? Because... I I mean, Bad Cat is the best example. I was loving Bad Cat until issue seven came out. And I was just like, oh my God, the art does not help the storytelling here. So if Chip is going to still be doing the wacky, zany craziness of Batman, and he's going to get like, you know, let's just say a more realistic type of artist, I don't think that's going to work. Because I've seen some of the, I've seen the artist that's doing the covers at least, that seems to be, has some really good art. So I'm just like, I don't know if wacky and zany works with that style. So I'm curious on where we're going to go with that. Um, I don't know. I just, at the end of the day, I just don't understand what it is with Marvel writers that have success coming to DC and just shit in the bed. Like, I don't get it. And I think Chip is a huge Grant Morrison fan. It tells in him just repeating his stories uh, because that's what it seems like. He's doing so many things Morrison has done, which I love Tom King, but like, I wouldn't want to retell Tom King's stories. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. pull elements. Like there's a difference between pulling elements and just retelling. Like, oh yeah. Like it would be me telling uh, like, I don't know, the Bane story all over again. You know what I mean? Like, why would I do that? Like well, bringing back Bane for an arc and doing all this kind of shit. Like, I just don't understand it. Like you got to do something different, but I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't understand the mindset there. 
Um, Chip has said on on Twitter, and I do think this was jokingly. If you don't like the bat, if you don't like the comic, fuck you. Like you know, that was a joke. I think because he was responding to somebody or responding to something. But you know, some people do say that even jokes tell half truths. So we'll see. Um, I think he's just from a different era, and we're gonna keep getting zany Batman, and I just don't care for it. But yeah. Anyways, uh, what do you got going on this week, Clay? So this week, um. You should at this point in time, because we did record a little early this week, a day earlier. Um, I do have an episode of Star Wars Alliance. We're going to be talking a little bit of news, but a lot of comics. So if you like Star Wars comics, we're going to be reviewing a lot of those this week. So go check out Star Wars Alliance. Um, and other than that, not much. Um, like Juice teased, I'm working a lot on the future of this channel he's working a lot on the future of this channel and uh, we're hoping that uh 2023 is pretty good to us but we'll have more of that later in the month if not next year yeah yeah we will talk about that when we're a good chunk through the project but uh yeah keep an eye out for that in 2023 uh but yeah me i am actually just i have not been streaming or anything lately i i need to post shorts i haven't even posted one today but I am just trying to get ahead on my job so not have to worry about it at the end of the month. But at the same time, I'm trying to get super far ahead so I don't have to worry about it. So I can start just focusing on the new channel and just for the next 30 days, like work on content so I can launch in hopefully the start of the year. Um, not January 1st, but just maybe January or February sometime. But uh, yeah, so anyways, that's going to be it for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As always, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. And remember... Batman is awesome. See you guys next time. Batman! News Weekly.